Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And it is that time of the year again. It is grand final time. All the contenders have fallen and we are left with the Melbourne Storm and the Cronulla Sharks. And we are very lucky to kick things off with our grand final show, the fifth and last podcast with Paul Kent. Back again, was here last year with us from the Daily Telegraph, the journalist, also NRL 360, which this week, Monday to Thursday, 6.30 live, Fox Sports, Channel 501, and Triple M NRL Sunday. Thank you very much, Kenty, for coming back on. Oh, pleasure, mate. Love to be here. Mate, so what's the plan this week? You got the outside broadcast um, at the at the grand final again? Uh, yeah, we have got an outside broadcast at the grand final. There's four hours on Sunday, and uh, from twelve to four. And after that, we head from more well, Dan Ganane and the boys take over all, all the way through to the game. Yep. So we'll be on there for probably a good 10, 11 hours or so. Uh, and then obviously the rest of the week we've got three sixty on four nights, and Thursday night we're down at the uh, Opera House to. Uh, Televised from there, so uh, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Busy man, paying overtime. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. We'll, we'll have a quick chat about the games on the weekend. Obviously, the, the Cowboys they uh, went down to the Sharks, thirty-two twenty. Uh, the first half, Cowboys thirty percent possession. I think you can pretty much wrap the game up um, in the fact that they just dropped too much ball. Uh, the Sharks only led two 0 after twenty-two, but it took a lot of gas out of the Cowboys, who were already running on low. Um, it's just for me. I find this hard. It's like a it's a horse going up to a Group One level. I, I just don't know what what sort of a class race that was for Cronulla. I, I don't know what you know standard the Cowboys are at compared to the Raiders. Where I think the the Storm got a real test on Saturday night. Oh look, I, I think in many ways it was good for the Sharks. I think it was a tough game, but not too taxing. And yeah, uh, from that point of view, it leaves them with a bit of a spring in their step. Come. Sunday's grand final, that was the problem with the, the Cowboys, in fact, the, the week before we just took too much out of them against the uh, the Broncos, and as a result they struggled, and particularly they started so slowly and so poorly that by the time, as you pointed out, 30 odd percent possession by half time, that just meant they spent most of that half tackling and uh, just basically burned up all the juice in them, didn't it? Yeah, well, the, like as a comparison, that 30% possession, we haven't seen that since Origin 3 uh, I think it was 2015, and that was when New South Wales were down 28 nil at half time. So I thought, at half time, I thought that the Cowboys actually did a good job, only to be down 14. And then they scored straight after half time. I thought, well, you know, that they are a chance. It couldn't have got a, the, the situation couldn't have been any better for the Cowboys, I think, in that situation. But as we said, I think the gas um, was taken out of them. Uh, but we'll, we'll move to Saturday night. I thought the Storm, they looked a little bit flat for mine. They were a bit regimented, but we expect that. They play that block block shape. Um, I thought the Raiders rolled through the middle of them um, and they made plenty of yards. But the Storm, number one defence in the competition, 
Um, they looked good. I thought the, Bra- the Raiders were brave. Um, but probably the two biggest things to come out of this, the sin bin. Did you agree with the sin binning? Oh, look, I thought it was a bit tough. It was certainly a penalty. But the, the definition of a sin bin is that you... Uh, it's a professional foul that robs the, uh, the attacking team of a try-scoring opportunity. Now, I think it'd be pretty hard-pressed to, to explain how that would have been a certain try. Mm. Um, so from that point of view, I think they're a bit hard-pressed, but uh, certainly it was a penalty. Do you think um, it's based so, on a distance, the distance that he was tackled out? Well, it was a fact that came after a break. Yeah. So he was looking for a quick play of the ball. That was, that was the biggest issue. He, he wanted the, the quick play of the ball to play on the back of uh, after a break-up field now, Jack, mm. that's why the fullback was the one doing the tackling. But, but you've, yeah, the Raiders had scrambled pretty well and they got back on their line pretty well. Mm. So from that point of view, I don't think it was really a, a, a costly try-scoring opportunity for the Storm. I think it was just one of those ones where uh, the referee, just in the heat of the moment, just thought this is the way to go and that's what he did. And, um, oh, look... Flying ball, you can argue each way with it. Yeah. But it's just, uh, it's, it's just. I just think it's one of those ones that just you don't get the the bounce of the ball, do you? No, we're at a uh, we're at a thirtieth on Saturday night, and it was split right down the line. Like I, I sort of thought that if that was. If that happened on halfway, there's no way that he would have given it. Obviously, sin-binned him. Look at further, further up. If it was ten metres out, I could probably have copped it. I, I thought it was harsh, um, particularly when you look at you know, the positioning of the game, like where the game was at at that point in time. Um, obviously, the Storm scored in that period of time and they ended up going up by eight and it was just too much for the Raiders in the end. Um, the, Aust- the Austin Ford pass, what did you make of that one? I thought it went back out of the hands. Floated Which one forward. was that? It was, I think it was with about two minutes to go. Blake Austin threw a long cutout. I think Edric Lee caught it and they looked, looked to be away in some space. Yeah, um, no, I thought that was... I thought it came backwards out of his hands, and I think that's what you've got to look at. That's what that that was, I think, a linesman call there. It was, yeah. And um, the linesman, so sometimes the linesman, they get it wrong. What they'll do is they'll sit there and uh, they run them, but then they'll all of a sudden quickly stop. And then what ha- what happens is when they see the ball come out, they're no longer allowing for momentum. And yeah. what, we've, what we've learned about the game is to check whether it's a forward pass or not, the, the best indicator is to watch how the ball comes out of the hands. Now, if the hands are going backwards, then momentum can still carry the ball forward. But, uh, well, they didn't go that way, did they? Yes. The linesman thought he made the right call. But I, no, I thought that was a tough one. I thought they had a couple of tough ones, can you remember? But having said that, that's that's no excuse. You, you've got to be good enough to overcome them at this stage. Absolutely. 100%. And, mate, uh, Ricky Stewart, obviously, he's copped a lot of flack over the years, especially after he left Parramatta on that whole situation. But you must say... He's done an absolutely fantastic job since going back to Canberra. He obviously uh, understands the club. He's from around that area. And on the flip side of that, you've got Craig Bellamy on the weekend who is into his sixth grand final, uh, take the cap situation out of it. You'd have to think that in the modern era, he's probably the best coach in all time. He'd be very, very close or in the top three around that mark. He's been outstanding in what he's done in Melbourne, especially given uh, the salary cap era. Oh, 100%. And look, a lot of people are critical of what Ricky's done. And critical of him walking out on Parramatta, but you've only got to take a quick look at what's happened to Parramatta this year to say, well, you know what, maybe Ricky knew this is the state Parramatta was in, and that it was inevitable at some point it would come unstuck, and I know that he certainly sat down and, and he was very frustrated with the way they were running the club when he was there, uh, he didn't agree with it, and then uh, when when the opportunity came up to join, we'll go back to the Raiders, I thought, you know, I actually spoke to him about it at the time, and 
he just said, oh, I don't think I can do it. He said, I've, uh, I've sat here and, you know, I've committed to Parramatta. And I said, mate, you're nuts. You know, and another person said the same thing to him was Ron Massey. Uh, it was just a... Parramatta were a basket case. It was waiting to happen what happened at Parramatta. And, and unfortunately, it happened for poor old Brad Arthur. But mm. that's just the way it goes. 100%. And I'll tell you what, the big thing I realised, I was lucky enough to be there uh, 2010 to play some 20s in the club. Is very, very well run. Don Ferner does an absolutely outstanding job, but after being back and visiting some old teammates and going through a few games, things have changed dramatically, particular culture-wise and how close the group was. Everybody was friendly and things were together, but since Ricky's been back there, um, even post-game now, there's a much bigger influence on having dinner. They set up, they let all family in, all the 20s players, everyone kind of mingles, and I've just felt over the past two years while I've been down there since he's taken over the club that in that sense in particular, bringing the whole group together and merging them as a side and as a club, that that's just improved tenfold. Yeah, oh, 100%. And that's that's what he's very uh, very good at doing, isn't he, Ricky? And, and that's what the the, uh, the attraction is of him as a coach. And he's got there and he's been able to do that. And he's, he's, uh, he's turned Canberra around. He's building him into a club that's, that's really, uh, really building into something... Um, strong at the moment and what I, I think is particularly impressive is the way the way he's gone about doing it with uh, what's the word like with, with players we've never heard of that's, that's something that um, you yeah, know no one really knew Josh Hodgson before he arrived and then on top of that we had uh, Elliot Whitehead few knew, knew about him and that's really been the strength of, of Canberra like when you had a few players like Tedesco and uh, Proctor and, and those sorts of players who committed to Canberra and then basically right the last moment backflip. Canberra realised that there was a problem there, that they thought, well, hang on, too many players are doing this for us to uh, actually, uh, yeah, for it to be their, uh, their, um, their problem. So Canberra looked at themselves and out of that, they, they went away, they came back and uh, they basically just built a club on on the back of people who wanted to be there, essentially. Mm. Look, I, Ricky Stewart gets a, you know, gets a dud rap a lot of the time, but... His job isn't to, to please people. You know, like, what happened at Parramatta needed to happen. You know, you look at the players that he got rid of and they've... Where are they now? A lot of them aren't anywhere, you know. I think the majority of them aren't anywhere. So someone's going to be the one to deliver the bad news. And, look, he, he embraces that. It rubs some people up the wrong way. But um, Craig Bellamy does it and gets, you know, sort of a different rap to Ricky. I think they're very similar coaches, to be fair, and very similar personalities. But... Obviously, Craig's probably hidden away a little bit down in Melbourne and, and avoids that a little bit. But just on the, the players in the Super League, I, like I'm, I watch the Super League, you know, more definitely more than what Lewis does. And I, if you would have told me Josh Hodgson would have the impact that he's had, um, you know, I'd be lying. I, I thought he'd come over and he could be potentially a solid, maybe a backup hooker. But to have the impact he's had has been phenomenal. And it's a credit to the coaches down in Canberra. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's done a tremendous job. And... Uh, look, no one knew uh, too much about him. I know that he came to Ricky Stewart's attention because he, Ricky rang uh, Nathan Brown when he was coaching and he said, look, I need a hooker. Did he think he'd uh, make it over here? And, and Nathan Brown pointed him out to, to Ricky. So that's where he got him. But again, his improvement from his first season to his second season is quite stark. And I think that's also a testament to the uh, to the coaching that, that he's getting down there. And, um, you know, that, that's Look, that's all good. That's what that's what they come here for. That's what you want to give them. Um, but it's just a uh, oh, look, it's a 
Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? I, I just think they've done a great job down there in Canberra, and I think they're a club that they know where they're going now. They know what they, they want to get out of their team and, and how to get it, and it's been, uh, it's been very successful. We spoke about value for money last year as well on the salary cap, and they're certainly getting that, um, you know, in terms of return for what they're paying them and um, it's smart business. I think they're set up really well down there. Oh, absolutely. And, and look, see, one of the things that they did find about Canberra was uh, a lot of players didn't want to move there because they just, the, the reputation of Canberra of how cold it was. Now, by doing essentially uh, finding English players, they're getting a better. Yeah, climate, aren't they? So, so they're not too uh, too concerned about moving to camera. And also, then they've done the other right thing, I think, which is go after uh, Queensland players. Because Queensland players all t- tend to uh, basically, yeah, they don't mind moving down there either. No. Well, I must be mentally special because I knocked back the tropics of North Queensland to go to Canberra for the 20s, so I must just be a weirdo and enjoy the cold, but fantastic season for them, great internal development, there's a lot of guys that were there from the 20 system and come through and just some smart buying, so bigger and better things in 2017, but moving on to the grand final, the Storm, the Sharks, it's going to be an absolute cracker clash, and one thing that stood out to me out of everything that I've read about all the players and bits and pieces James Maloney has played more games the last six seasons than anybody in the competition. 154, three grand finals with three different clubs, uh, and he's delivered again this year at the Sharks. He's done a fantastic job. He's gone there, and I'm sure the Roosters uh, would be sitting there kind of shaking their heads or wondering what could have been if they would have kept him there at the club. Instead, they obviously looked to the future in Jackson Hastings, and that didn't really work out for him. Yeah, exactly. And, look, I think you'd have to start to say now that uh, given what we know right right now is, is that James Maloney is probably the buy of the season to be honest he's, the fact of what he's done there with uh, getting those guys to, to the grand final he's been an integral part of, of what they've done so he, he's been, uh, it's hard to argue anyone's been more instrumental for their team uh, over the off season buys 100% 100%. like I said 154 games anyone close to him was Jesse Bromwich with 151 uh, considering obviously Melbourne have gone deep into the finals um, just on Maloney he's one of the only halves in the competition that's got you know he's got a kicking game he's got a running game and a passing game a lot of them you see and you go well he's a runner of the football and he's or he's a creative player James Maloney's one of only few I think that He's got that ability to kick, he's got the ability to pass, and he's got the ability just to run. His running game is so underestimated, and I think in the last month, he's really started to run the ball more, which I think, for me, as a coach looking at him, I go, well, Maloney's playing good footy when he's running the ball, and you know the weather's dried up. Um, it's, hopefully, it's going to be a dry track on, uh, on Sunday night, and when he starts running the ball, so you look at all the highlights of him at the Roosters, and a lot of them are him either running the ball or him supporting um, up, back up through the middle. Yeah, I think that's a solid call. I, I, I think he's just he's got it all, and, and particularly when he runs, that's when he's most dangerous. And the, the, the running playmakers are very dangerous, aren't they? All the time yeah. when when they start running the ball, and uh, that's that, that's been Maloney's strength. He, he's had such a, you know, a big string to his bow when he starts to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think he's sort of been the spark behind Cronulla. They they like to motor through their forwards, and they've got those flushy backs out, out wide, but. Once, once the halves have got going, got, got sort of firing during the year, that's when Cronulla really took another level. And when you look at these sides matched up, you've got Cronk and Maloney who are very similar. Cronk's a very good runner of the football. And then you've got Townsend and, and Green who are more passers and creators. But they, they both have a fairly solid running game as well. So I think there's a lot in that for 
clubs looking to you know take themselves to the next level, encourage your halves to run and play square. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and yeah, they're, they're just yeah, they're just a good football side, aren't they? Yeah. I, I, I don't know which way to go this weekend. I, I tend to think it's a um, it's a, a Cronulla's year, but um, yeah, they're two different teams that they, they've got different strengths around the park, but they just like to also play that, that grinding uh, finals type football. So it, it's hard to pick. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? The last couple of years, it's always seen that the fairy tale is the one that gets to win. Roosters, rookie coach, Sonny Bill Williams, they win the comp first up. South break their drought or their hoodoo after so many years, and then you get the Cowboys last year. But I don't want to sound biased being a Storm fan, but this isn't your ordinary grand final opposition. Melbourne generally like to spoil the party. And funnily enough, this is probably a hard game for anyone to really be keen on as far as supporting the two teams because generally we always want to get behind the Sydney team, but Cronulla's not the best like mob, that's for sure. <laughs> No, they're not, and, and there's plenty of players in there that, it, for various reasons, and that's the other part. Various reasons that they, they are hard to like. But look, I, I don't. Look, you're right. We haven't really got that fairy tale side this year. It, it should be Cronulla. They are the side that, uh, having played their first grand final, they um, or looking to win their first grand final. I'm sorry, uh, they, they should be the one that we all say, "Well, hang on, these are the guys we we're getting behind." But there is a bit of a taste in the mouth for some people, um, and Melbourne, yeah, they, they they tend to spoil the party quite a bit, to be honest. But uh, they're such a good football team. And one of the things I have liked about Melbourne, which which we probably haven't seen enough uh, of, is that they the, the way they've handled uh, success after a game it, it, and treated the opposition, and it's been all very respectful, and there's a lot to acknowledge and, and like about that. I'm really been impressed with the way Melbourne, even Cooper Cronk on the weekend, he, when they won the game, it was his 300th game, they won the game to go through the grand final, but the first thing he did was he went around and he consoled a lot of the Raiders players, which was a really admirable streak, I thought. 100%, and I think, you, again, bring that up in another polarising moment, you compare that to probably week one when the Sharks gave a bit to the, the Raiders fans with the Viking clap and the finger to the mouth, so... Very, very polarising in that to, sense. If you said to Cronulla, do you want to be liked and not be there or do you want to be hated oh, and that's be fine. there? You know what I mean? Get like, the job there, done. There's a, there's a point to this where it gets to on-field results and, you know, as much as it's not a fairy, ta- fairy tale, in essence, the players and the coaching staff at Cronulla have done a good job because they're in the grand final. Yeah, well, I think... You know, and whether yeah, they win, win or lose, that's, that's what they're judged on, you know? Like, you don't have a choice of making the grand final and... and and being jerks about it or being nice guys and, and make the grand final. We, you know, Melbourne have made the grand final and they are pretty good fellas. So yeah. it can be, uh, yeah, you, you, you can do both if you like. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I don't have a massive issue with it. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the Sharks, don't get me wrong, but their, their style is effective and, you know, that's what, that's what they're paid to do. Yeah, well, the personality definitely suits the style of play. They're a very abrasive side. Uh, they do like to get involved in the niggle, and hence why they're probably the most ill-disciplined side in the comp, the most penalised, and they're coming up against a team who, like we said, very disciplined, very regimented. They like to play within their structures, but we've got the number one defence against the third-ranked defence, and in attack, they're basically even on that sense as well, third versus fourth. But I think this one's pretty simple. Melbourne, you know what they're going to try to do. They want to control the ruck. They want to dictate the game, even possession. Dominate through their forward pack and the Sharks, it's going to be all about winning that middle. Bit of bash and barge, and they get such 
good meterage coming out of yardage. I think a bloke who doesn't get anywhere near enough raps is Sasai Fecky. He's one of the best yardage players in the competition. So I think Melbourne will be all about trying to kill the set starts here and trying to stop Crowler from getting over in the middle. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, and, but it's just, it'll, it'll come down to the battle of wills and who gets over the line you know, in, in that contest. And I think from there, we, uh, it's not going to be an expansive game, though. I think I, I, if there's more than 24 points in the game, I'd be very surprised. You know, it'll be a 14-10 or 14-8 or 12-10 type score, I think. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points um, because just the nature of the way they like to play these two teams. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got... I think Cronulla need to win the possession battle. If, if they're to win this, I think on a 50-50 game, I think Melbourne are, are a better chance of winning the game than what Cronulla are. I think they're going to need a slight uh, possession advantage, a field position advantage. I think they've got the forwards to do it. The, you know, the blueprint that they showed against um, against the Cowboys, I thought they pretty much dominated the middle. Obviously, they had that possession advantage. Uh, but just a little one, I think you've nailed it there, Louis. I think this, the way that Cronulla start their sets is so effective. You know, you, you either kick it to Holmes, you kick it to Barber, or you kick it to Fecky, and it's more often than not how they get tackled on that first play that de- determines how effective they are in that set. So, look, Josh Hodgson did a pretty good job against Penrith. He kicked down the short side to keep Mansour up so he couldn't return the ball back, and it, it won Canberra a lot of field position. So this week I'd be very surprised if Bellamy isn't all over that. I think he'll be kicking down one of those sides. I don't think he'll kick down the middle of the field to Barber and Lane to bring the ball back. I think kick down a, down a short side and try and get Cronulla to come out of uh, a corner of the field and have those players running from dummy half rather than picking it up or catching it and running back. Hmm. That might sound solid, doesn't it? And the one thing that we know about Craig Bellamy is he'll, he'll get the play in 100% spot on. Yeah. And, uh, he's very good at just sitting there and he, he, they, they correctly identify opposition strengths and weaknesses. And um, one thing that I know that the, the Storm like to do is actually... They never factor in that if a player, for example, Lachlan Coote, uh, has a bad game, they never factor in the fact that they'll target him and hope he has a second bad game. They yeah. always just basically train to the, uh, the opposition's strengths because their belief is if you train for the weaknesses, uh, they could improve them over the week. But if you train for the strengths, then you're in pretty good shape to handle them when they come your way. 100%. No, I think one of the things I've taken out of this, and a lot of people have brought up this year, I, I'm not surprised, but I'm a little surprised how many people uh, didn't show a lot of faith, say, in Cameron Munster. A lot of people saying, I can't believe they've made the grand final or kicked on the sense they have because he replaced Billy Slater. I'm not taking anything away from Billy Slater. I'm one of his biggest raps, and I think he's probably the best fullback to possibly have played the game. But I think there was more than enough last year from the sample size we had from Munster to show that he was more than an adequate replacement. And I think this year he's gone up to another level and probably hasn't got as much credit. And the other big factor is in the past during that origin period. Melbourne has struggled so badly without the origin players, but they've built a forward pack internally. Proctor, Harris, Bromwich, some of these Kiwi players now that at the start of the year when uh, Smith and Cronk weren't really playing that well, that forward pack carried this Melbourne side. Oh, yeah, and they, they play all their football through that forward pack, don't they? They're just, they're just really a middle 13. That's the way they like to play, and they're so effective at it. But... Uh, that, I think that's a, again testament to Craig Bellamy. Is he, he sat down, and he figured out what sort of you know, playing roster he had, and okay, this is what we've got. What's the best way to actually go out and uh, and uh, you know, win the football game? And that's what he came up to. So you know, I think he's been um, very clever in the way he's been able to change style according to, to whoever's in his lineup. Mm, look, we don't have to go back to, too far to you know get a form line through this. They played obviously in round twenty six. 
the Storm won that game quite comfortably. Um, who do you like, mate? Do you think there'll be much of uh, much of the form from that that will be you know passed on into this game? It's only been obviously five weeks by the time they they kick off that 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 game was played. But um, do you think the Storm and the Sharks will take much out of that one? Oh, I think I'll have a little bit of a look at it, and I'll just try and pick up a couple of clerks here and there because it is very difficult to to change your style completely. Mm. Uh, but again, both teams, you've got to be careful about relying too much on what you see in that game and hoping it repeats itself. And that's, yeah. that's going to be the issue. So, but we, I spoke to Frank Panisi yesterday, and Frank was saying that they essentially will we'll have a look at that and see what they can get out of it, but they, they just won't put too much stock into it because they know that uh, Cronulla have improved since then. Cronulla are going much better now than they were then. Let's remember, they went through a six-game period there where they, they won one game and, and drew one and lost the other four. So... They weren't going that well at all at the time. So, yeah, mm. fair to say, I think there'll be some improvement in Cronulla uh, um, that, that Melbourne are anticipating. But, uh, so they won't be looking too much at it. But certainly that uh, it's it'll get, a, it'll get a little bit of a look at. Mm. Isn't it interesting that Cronulla had that 17 in a row? They look, look like they lost all momentum. And I think they're the first team in a very long time that's been able to kick back up again and find some momentum late in the season. Like... Most sides that you see go on a run like that, they'll fall away. Obviously, we had the, the Cowboys and the Broncos who had great runs to start the year, and it looked, you know, people were saying, stop the comp and we'll just play the grand final now, and neither of them figure on grand final day. So getting that timing right, obviously, um, is important, but it seems incredible to me. Coming into the finals, if you said to me the Sharks would make the grand final, I, I wouldn't have had it. You know, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't have put my hard earned on it. Um, but they got that really tough win down in Canberra, uh, and then obviously played a, a, a Cowboys side who were out of gas. But it's the first time in a long time I can remember a side having momentum and then losing it and then just being able to regain it again. Yeah, well, look, I always thought, as you know, I said during the winning streak, I, I thought that, that it was coming to an end because you could see, uh, look, it's OK to keep winning game the game, and, that, and that's all fine. But what you want to see out of your team is, is continual improvement. And Cronulla got to a point there where they were no longer playing that well, but mm. they were still winning. Now, that's okay during a streak, or that's okay from week, you know, every now and then. But you don't want to be maintaining that and everybody focusing on the streak and how well you're going because of the, you know, inverted commas streak. And then on the other side of that, you're actually not playing that well because when you get to the fair dinkum games at the end of the season, suddenly you're in some trouble because you'll get exposed. And that's what I think Cronulla did. Now, what Cronulla also did was they they actually acknowledged that and they went away and they said, you know, guys, we haven't been playing well, so let's go out and let's uh, basically go back. And what they did was they went back to what worked for them and what they realised they'd gone away from, which was all just those little effort plays. And once they did that, then they got back in the contest again. It took them a couple of weeks to really sort of get going again. But once they recognised what their problem was, that really helped them turn it around and, and while they lost, did lose a couple of games they weren't having great success, what they were able to do was just go back to that hard work plays and say to each other, you know what, this is what got us here, this is what we're going to keep doing the play and uh, that, you know, that, that was the difference. I agree 100%. I think the, the game that I reflect on was the game against the Cowboys. I think it may have been round 14 or 15 and they went away from the simple stuff which they do really well, which is win the middle of the field, bash and barge in the forwards and they had absolutely killer momentum when they were getting into set starts and they were just ramping up play one and two and destroying sides down their own end with their line speed but 
Uh, for that little flat period there, they seemed like they were shifting the football way too early when they didn't have quick play the balls and they just weren't willing to do the dirty work in the middle of the field. Yeah, 100%. And, and so you can, look, that, that comes with success, isn't it? You know, there's an old jockey is when he retired, they asked him why he retired. He said, you know, it's hard to get out of bed in the morning when you're wearing silk pajamas. And <laughs> that, that's the result of success. That's yeah. what happens with success. And uh, you start to say, well, I don't need to do this anymore. I did this when I was young and hungry, but I don't need to do it any longer because I'm successful. And that's what the, basically the, the, the um, Cronulla experienced over the season, that the stuff that got them in the midst of that streak, and suddenly they realised they didn't have to do that. They, they thought they were improving, they thought they were getting better, and they were moving away from where they were at that point. But as we saw, they, they started to forget the things that, that got them. 100%. Um, from that point, that, you know, that was... That was when the, the, the rock set in, but that, luckily they, they, they correctly identified as probably the issue. Well, it's been a hell of a year and a, a team that generally always seemed to have a very, very good forward pack, but probably not the spine or the outside backs, the Sharkies. They've definitely got some quality outside backs and a spine this year, as well as a decent contributing bench in the Melbourne Storm. We know what we're going to get from them. So consistent, but have built such a fantastic forward pack and a man at the back, Munster, who plenty of people wouldn't have seen coming and doing this role. I think we've got the right grand final, the appropriate grand final, but if you had to make a prediction, mate, and back one of these teams, who do you think is going to take out the Premiership? Well, he's back Cronulla for I, look, I, I just think Cronulla. I just... Yeah, sometimes you get into these games and the fact that they haven't won, the fact that there's players that have been in this team who uh, have won grand finals, so they know what's about. They won't be completely overawed, but by the same token the whole history of the club and what they're trying to achieve as a unit will basically get them together and say to you know, I just think it'll give them some, some energy that it's pretty hard to find. I remember talking to Melbourne Inga earlier in the season and we talked about Origin and how every year at Origin there's always you know, always some little perceived slight or people are easily offended and suddenly that becomes a, a motivation for the series and all the rest of it and I asked Mel how you know, people can be so afraid of, of motivating their opponents by saying the wrong thing when they're already highly skilled and highly acclaimed athletes. Why do they need something like that? And he said, look, it's, it, all it is is it's about just finding emotional triggers. And once you find your emotional trigger, he said, that you just use that to, just to feed your energy. And that's just what comes to you during the, the times when you, you're a little bit down or a little bit uh, tired or you're looking for some some sort of extra incentive to do something, that's what it's about. And uh, I think that's what Cronulla will get this week. I think the fact that they, that, that so many people are behind them at home, uh, all that sort of stuff will really just get them home in the end. All right, who you got, Louis? Mate, I'm going to obviously stick with the storm. Uh, it obviously always sounds biased, but I just think they're built for this occasion. I know a lot of people actually were saying... Uh, big difference in grand final experience, but they've got the same amount of players. There's six players between both these sides who have played in grand finals. Obviously, Smith and Cronk have played in plenty more than others, but um, I'm going to stick with Melbourne to grind this one out. I think it'll be a close game. I'd probably say 16-10 and Munster to get the Clive Churchill. Yeah, look, last year's grand final was very similar. It was so hard to pick, and it ended up being that way on the field. Obviously, it went to extra time. I'm going to go with the Storm only because they've got the best defence. I think they've got the best coach, and they've got the best spine. But if Cronulla win, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it'll be decided, obviously, in the forwards. We've spoken about that. Um, right. but, and I, I totally agree with what you said, Paul, in that I don't think there'll be any more than 24 points. You know, it's right. it, it, particularly 
um, with the surface that we might get at ANZ. Like, it's it's rocks and diamonds. We've been there for some origins, and, you know, it's a beautiful surface. There's not much moisture on it. And then you, you come on other nights, and, you know, you move the ball outside the 10-metre tram, and people are getting slid over the sideline. So hopefully we get a nice night, and it's a dry track, and, and that'll uh, obviously add to the spectacle. But, you know, if it's that grinding sort of game, um, there's no no hope we're going to get 24 oh, points. Th- this is not a grand final for the faint of heart. This is the no. most prison grand final you're going to get. You've got two Ford packs that are going to try and beat the crap out of each other. And a Melbourne side, like we said, they're going to wrestle and make it dirty. And the Sharks, we've said it before, uh, the discipline can slip away, but they're not afraid to get in a fist fight. So. I, won't be, I won't be disappointed with either result. I think it'll be great for Cronulla. Uh, it'll be great for, you know, obviously the people for the Shire. 50, it's their 50th season, I think, which would you know, be, is, yeah. be timely. Yeah, be, it'd be timely. So, um, and Melbourne, obviously, you know, what do you say about them? They're always there. You know, yeah. we always go to grand finals, and he's always the one happy. I'll say it before. <laughs> I'd like I'm, just to get the one. Eleven years in a row, we've been now. Oh, my eleventh year in a row. You've been sixteen, I think. I've been sixteen. Years Melbourne's in a row, been yeah. in six. Yes, we did cheat in a few of them, but it has been quite a nice run. So, I've got my fingers <laughs> crossed that we that we do get our hands on that trophy. But Paul Kent. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. And everybody out there, obviously keep your eyes peeled for any of his articles in the Daily Telegraph, NRL 360, Channel 501, Fox Sports 1, Monday to Thursday this week, live at 6.30, and Triple M, NRL Sunday, 104.9, 12 to 4 this Sunday. Mate, have you got another book in the pipeline? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. No. no, I'm not really thinking about one at the moment. But yep, I'll, fair um, enough. I don't, I don't think he's time to time for it at the moment, so... No. <laughs> There's a bit on, so anyway, we'll see how we go. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's only last year we had you on for we had a chat about Sunnyball because that had that had been released. So, yeah. All good. Yeah. Enjoy All the right, week, guys. mate. Enjoy Thank the week. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, what a way to kick off the grand final show, Boxer, with Paul Kent. Massive appreciation to him for coming on again this year. And like we said, keep your eyes open for his articles in the Daily Telegraph, obviously on NRL 360, Channel 501, Fox Sports, 6.30 live Monday to Thursday this week for NRL 360, Mm. and Sunday, 104.9, Triple M, NRL Sunday. They're on the air from 12 to 4. Absolutely, yeah. We needed someone to add a bit more intelligence to the show, so we've called in the big guns. Couldn't uh, bring in anyone more intelligent and kicking things off, as you all know out there. Fast five, highlight, low light, best, worst. Any questions to come out of this one? Uh, Brock, what was your highlight? Saturday night, I thought uh, the Raiders, the way they fought the Storm, I know the Storm um, came out the winners. I just thought that game was the highlight of the weekend. Um, It was tough, it was gritty. Uh, At times it was flamboyant, controversial, had everything. I thought it was a really quality game. Uh, aside, well, when you compare it to Friday night's game, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm with you. It was basically that game, and obviously uh, I'm going to be, not going to lie, I am pretty happy to see Melbourne in there again. Well, yeah, no doubt. Um, 2012, I was really, really, really... Well, well, you saw me on Green Final Day. I nearly had a stroke because I just felt I wanted those guys to win a premiership, in particular Slater, Smith and Cronk, after the salary cap drama and the fact they've got an opportunity to grab another one here and Craig Bellamy. I've obviously got my fingers crossed that they're going to spoil the party and add further to their legacy. But yep. that game, obviously, in my low light, flipping it to that point, like you said, was the Friday night game. I did still get a, a few giggles and a laugh and excited just how brutal the Sharks were. But the game itself uh, wasn't much of a contest. And on a small side note, I felt bad for Jared Croker. That was a low light for me, getting injured so early mm. in uh, such a critical game. 
I'll tell you what, he deserves some credit for playing on. Yeah. I, I, he looked gone, didn't he? You know, we both sort of thought, well, he's gone here, Croker, and he got up and, and powered through. Obviously, he wasn't at his best, but yeah. he, you couldn't expect him to be with that injury. Mine was the same, mate. The Friday night game was a fizzer, uh, and that was the all on the Cowboys. Yeah. Nothing, nothing against the Sharks, uh, as, as we said to Kenty, that... Look, you don't know what I don't know what sort of form that is, and, and his point is spot on in that you know it's great for the Sharks oh, it's because it's light on their legs. They and got in light. They beat exactly. the crap out of them. I think they again another confidence boost. They jagged that win under tough circumstances week one. So in that sense, I think mentally it was great for them. Um, a lot of blokes were absolutely elated, and I thought they were quite ruthless, yep. which was good to see them go on with it. But what about your best? Uh, the Sharks demolition. I thought they were. Uh, just relentless. I, I know, obviously, and I've pointed out that they only led 2-0 after 22 minutes, but it's the damage that that period did um, and, you know, it showed in the back end of the game when they were able to rack up some points. Obviously, they they probably clocked off with 10 or 15 to go because they were so happy there at the, at the grand final. You know, they made some inner changes and, and yanked some blokes off, but, uh, look, I, I, I can't give them any more credit. That was a great performance. Um, I think they've got the momentum. They, they look to be the momentum team. Uh, and I thought James Maloney as a player was, was the best on ground in that game. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Uh, obviously, I'll give another rap to him as far as off the field during the week, doing a really good job boosting Chad Townsend back up. And they played him. He played very well um, all around. Mine was the same. Sharks the best, absolutely brutal. Um, the yardage, especially the back five, Latelli, Fecky, Holmes, just the yardage and the metres. Those blokes did some of the dirty work. Uh, Maloney and the Ford Pack, Wade Graham, all these guys absolutely outstanding. Worst, well, it's not hard. The Cowboys, just errors and shooting themselves in the foot. They definitely got the right grand final from that side of the draw. When you look at the Broncos or the Cowboys, I think whichever team got through was going to have a hard time winning. Um, I know we were fairly optimistic and still back the Cowboys. I think that more would be, again, uh, liking the Cowboys and wanting to see them in the grand final more so than talking from a football perspective, let's be honest. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree. But, yeah, the, the Sharks well deserved that win and, my worst definitely was the Cowboys' errors and just flattened, busted players and guys all over the joint, but they were terrible. Yeah. They were I, absolutely terrible. I have them as well as my worst. And they're the defending premiers. you think they would have put up a better fight than that. Uh, and for me, Jack White and the two brain snaps in that game, obviously the sin bin, which we've discussed, and you know we've sort of come away 50-50. It's probably a 50-50 call that went against Canberra. But, look, he doesn't get sin bin if he doesn't put himself in that situation. I thought... He was begging to be sin-binned in that he just kept holding on. Like, yeah. he was trying to give away a penalty. If he would have played it up a little bit more and maybe got accidentally caught up in the well, ruck and... You know, it probably doesn't assist to it, and Kenny mentioned as well, Canberra did scramble very well, so he probably could have let go yeah. and let things roll the next play. I know you don't want to let a try in, but don't put yourself in that situation for a ref to be able to make that call. I've always found it interesting that players would would rather go to the sin-bin than concede a try. I would have thought that the try... Yeah, what would, would you rather, six points or play for 10 minutes without 12 It'd be a lot less punishment to cop the points uh, than lose a player, I would have thought. Luckily for them, Melbourne didn't really capitalise in that period as far as scoring a try, but it's a massive risk in, in such a big game. But uh, what about any questions? Well, look, the other one, sorry, was Jack White, and he gave away a shoulder charge penalty at a crucial time too. Oh, like, just Yeah, it, you know, he's obviously... It's dumb in the fact that he's you know escaped suspension for it. He needs to get it out of his game, and then and he had loading as well. People forgetting they yeah. were blowing up about the charge. I wasn't happy about it considering Innes is one, but on the repeat offences side of things, you're 100 percent right. Like smarten up a bit. Yeah. If you've done three or four in the past 12 months and you're getting loading that takes from a one week charge to a four week charge, which he did get off, and mm. um, he's obviously got something to address there. Well, the, I think the issue also is is it's a crucial time in a game. Mm. It, it costs them. You know whether it costs them on the scoreboard. 
directly on the scoreboard is irrelevant because it costs you possession, field position, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, my question: Jonathan Thurston, his attack on the referees, did he deserve to be sinbin? Well, if you're going to talk preach respect to the referees and the way you talk to them, etc., yes, he is the captain, but that was a pretty brutal spray, and you'd have to say on the integrity side of things, that was uh, pretty ruthless to We've come out We've also seen, we saw Jamie Lyon basically escape uh, by in questioning the integrity of a referee yeah. earlier in the season. So I guess the standard that's set is that you can basically say whatever you want to the referees and there's no consequence. But, you know, I found a little bit hypocritical. I don't want to be too critical of Jonathan Thurston, but... You know, he does all that good stuff, you know, obviously with the kids giving him the tees. Yeah, kicking tees, the head gear. And everyone was sort of saying, oh, what a great bloke. But I thought, you know, like when the pressure goes on a little bit, I think he can at times be a sore loser. And that, you know, the, the best players, Andrew Johns, was a, Andrew Johns was the worst loser probably the game's ever seen. He Some of the sprays that he unleashed and the way he carried on um, when he was losing wasn't a good look for the game. So I understand players are wired that way, they're competitive, but... I just think with the, you know, it probably brings up the discussion again about do, do the referees need to be mic'd up? Like, do we need to hear that? Yeah. Does that does that add to the spectacle for you? It probably took away from it a little bit for, for me. I don't like the fact they've got the microphones, and I've said it before because when people complain about hearing players swear on the field, well, that's the microphone's fault because it's an emotional game. So yeah. if you want to have microphones on the refs and around the players, you're going to hear that stuff. So deal with it. I just think you can have the microphones, and I think the referees. In the in the box and stuff, they need to be wired up, Mike. But I don't think it needs to come through on the TV. No, not all the time. Well, maybe uh, only you can when they're speaking. Maybe maybe only on special occasions you can select it. Fox Sports used to do that. It should just be like the NFL. I don't hear anything unless they're talking. That's what I like. Because like I said, as far as the swearing side, I've heard that before. Parents go, oh, they're swearing like they're playing a highly emotional and competitive game. Yeah. If you've got microphones around referees around the players, that's what you're going to hear. Right. My other question was, who do you think should be the referees for the grand final? Oh, Christ, mate. I don't, I don't, uh, this is one thing. I know a lot of people bring this up and debate about it. I haven't even paid attention, really, to who the referees were and the pairings they had. So, Well, Cummins and uh, Sutton were together. I think Sutton, he made that bad forward pass call. I thought it was a forward pass. Was it Maloney to Townsend? Or Townsend and Maloney, one or the other? Um, that, that was a forward pass. Should have been pulled up. I think Sutton's been off his game. I didn't think they did a great job during Origin. I think Matt Checken um, is... To me, he doesn't cop any crap, Matt Checken, and I think this game has got the potential to be... Obviously, it's going to be very... I think this, very, this uh, is going to be a Dow grand final. Yeah, this is going to be a very Dow grand final. A lot of it is going to be revolving around the ruck and you know those sort of tactics. I'd be comfortable if they had Ben Cummins. I think he's the best out of the pairing of him and Sutton. I think Chechen is the best out of the pair of him and um, Shortle. So I, I, I think if it's a bit... Tony Archer's gone on record to say that he likes to keep the pairings the same. I think that's ridiculous. I think you just get you get the best two refs on the field. Well, who was Shortle with, sorry? Shortle? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was with Chechen. Because I was going to say, I think uh, big in here. particular, I thought he was very, very good week one or that pairing of referees. and I, He's one I really like because he stays out of the way. You barely notice him, which is what I like my referees to, to be like. So uh, if they're going to stick with the pairing system, if it was Chechen and Shortle as a pairing, that's probably who I'd go with at the moment. Yeah, well, sorry. It was subtle. Brett Suttle. Oh, no, that's... Uh, hang on a minute. No, he's hang the touch judge. Ben Cummins and Jared Sutton um, was the Cowboys Sharks. Uh, bear with me. And then we had Chechen and Shortle, yeah, for the other game. So I think Chechen and uh, and Cummins for me. Well, if they're going to stick with a pairing, I'd be going with Chechen and Shortle. 
Okay. Yep. So that's my... But oh, yeah, okay, as a pairing, if you said if, pairing. If it has yeah. to be a pairing, I agree with that. out of the two, I'm going with Chechen and Shortle. Yep. As I said, Shortle I don't notice, and I like it that way. He doesn't try to draw attention to himself. Chechen, I'm kind of with you. He doesn't like to stick to any crap. He tries to get on with things as well. So. All right, we've got to take a little bit of credit this week too as well because we tipped the punters into, or you tipped the punters into the Roosters to knock off the Dragons in the 20s. Good price. Three weeks so. in a row I've got on them, and they've been outsiders. Not massive outsiders, but they've been $2 or plus every single game, and... Uh, the big reason, and it's, again, if you watch the 20s during the year, it's hard to get a form line because you only get to see one game every Saturday. And it generally tends to be the same teams, the Raiders, the Titans, these kind of guys that play first up. Mm. Um, but they got back a couple of blokes late in the year uh, through injury and also NRL, people playing up. So Joseph Manu, Roger Tuovasa-Shek's brother there, Johnny Tuovasa-Shek, Nat Butcher and Garvey. So they've got four guys, which is basically when you look at the... 20s to gauge on how a team's going to go. You're looking for NRL experience, and they've yep. got four guys on their side that have played NRL, so uh, no surprise they're having a bit of a late surge, and just all around, they're not really that bad a side. Um, they're a pretty good team. Will you give them a chance this weekend? I don't. I think Penrith will run all over them. I think um, when we'll, it's not so much give them a chance. If you play the game 10 times and you talk about it, with those guys being there and Penrith, I didn't think they were overly impressive, and they lost a few guys in the run-in. Can they cause an upset? I think 100% they can. Yeah. Uh, particularly those few blokes, Manu, Butcher, if they've got as big an influence as the game as they usually do, and Penrith uh, play down like I thought they did the other day, um, you know, they could be in trouble. And on the look of things there, even with uh, Ponga being out especially, I thought they would have done a much better job and shut them down. But they went f- almost 50 minutes, Penrith, without scoring a try. Uh, I thought they did their best to really lose that game almost. Yeah, so. they, they did take the foot off the pedal. But I hope they come and be ruthless this Sunday. I really do, because they are the best side. They're ridiculous. It's a ridiculous squad when you can lose both your grand final halves and then the halves to back them up from the 18s of the Australian schoolboy halves pairing. Mm. Penrith absolutely blessed with the talent they've got. So this is their comp to win. Yeah. But I do love an outsider. And this Roosters team come in at seventh, uh, had some disruption during the year, had Hastings for the back end of the year, who they had taken off them as well. And a lot of people put a pen through them. They dusted the Raiders 48 zip. They knocked off two sides that they were supposedly weren't supposed to beat and now they're in the grand final. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's been a great effort. But those few blokes in particular, Manu and Butcher had an absolute field day, as did Sheck and Garvey. Grant Garvey's a fantastic hooker. Yeah. Yeah, All right, look, I think Penrith went easy. <clears throat> That's me. That's my summary of the 20s grand final. I hope we get a competitive game. Uh, obviously, Intrust Super Premiership and the Queensland Cup, uh, those results over the weekend. Burley winning 26-16 over Redcliffe. Redcliffe were dominant all year, as were Burley, the Broncos and Titans feeders, but... A big blow to Redcliffe. They lost to Burley on the run-in, didn't get the week off, and then they lost their halfback, Darren Nichols, before the grand final. So that's never going to help uh, your chances. And on the flip side of that, Burley got a very good side. They got two halves that are going to be at NRL clubs next year. Cameron Cullen obviously played for you guys this year. Solid player. He had a cracker game. And Jamal Fogarty, he's a former Titans product, had a really big year this year, and he signed with Parramatta for next year. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the sprinkling of Sam Salima, uh, Pat Politoni used to play some New South Wales Cup. He won that comp with the Storm Sharks side a couple of years ago. Curtis Rowe from the Tigers, plenty of people would know. Luke Page, Lachlan Burr, they were a pretty loaded side. Um, so they got away with that one. On the flip side, Mounties, um, just being blunt, basically choked. I'm not taking anything away from the Cutters, but two years in a row, the best team by far, the best depth, all the players. You couldn't have a more talented New South Wales Cup side. Last year, they didn't make the grand final. Yesterday, they just absolutely stunk the joint up. Uh, second half, they were terrible, Mounties. Yeah, that was. Look, I've got concerns over the way they play, the way they're coached. I don't know. They've got the best roster, no doubt. Um, that side's loaded. Yeah, I think they choke every year. I said that like two weeks ago. When's the Mounties choke coming? And they they did enough, obviously, to get through last week. But 
they didn't look convincing at all yesterday. They, they went down 16-0. Um, they obviously got back more through the cutters, letting them back than, you know, their good work. And then when the game was in the balance, they just they never looked like Like, at the end there, they had two sets to find a field goal and couldn't, you know, in precious, precious situations. So, yeah, there's... They've definitely got the best roster. And they're not poorly coached, don't get me wrong, but they certainly haven't really taken that next step over the last three years. For me, for the last three years, they've been the best side in the in the Interest Super Cup. And On got paper, nothing, 100%. They've got nothing to show for it. Uh, they had a loaded bench. Mataka, Hunt, very powerful off the bench. They have the big Canberra influence. And even when they lost a few players during the year going up, they got blokes who came in. So, like, they picked up Brent Naden from Penrith. When he got there, I was like, wow, Brent Naden's a 20s in New South Wales uh, player from a year ago obviously left Penrith to seek opportunities down there, but that's a pretty handy pickup. Mm, he was pretty a, ordinary yesterday. He, he had a bad week last week as well. He dropped mm. the ball three or four times in his first couple of carries. So. It didn't get real any real opportunity yesterday. I thought he didn't get an early ball, which is his strength. His strength is been able to isolate someone and beat him one on one. Zach Sano was their best player. He oh, kept him in the game. He was outstanding. Um, Take just, him out, they they lose comfortably. In general, he was he had a really really good year for them. Uh, on the flip side, massive credit to the Cutters. I watched them play the Tigers earlier in the year and really just enjoyed watching them. And I mentioned <laughs> numerous times when all you Dragons fans out there blow up about your attack. They brought Jason Demetrio there from the Cowboys to help out. And if you've watched the Cutters play, they know how to attack. They, uh, they go for it. They play some football and they chance their arm. And it's a very awkward roster. I, I get confused looking because they've got multiple blokes playing that are like halves, hookers, kind of on their bench and on the field at the same time. They play small ball, essentially, a lot of skillful guys. But Saliba Harvey was handing a lot of first receiver, playing as a lock, but he's actually a hooker. Josh McCrone was named a hooker, was playing in the halves. Sean Nona off the bench is a former Queensland Cup player of the year who's a 5'8". Uh, Sam Clune, who's at five eight fullback, like they had five or six half hooker fullbacks on the field. It just works for them, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyron McCarthy, their captain, solid edge runner. He's over from the Super League and some Queensland Cup, Irish International. He's a great player. And then Shannon Wakeman. I'm not going to lie, with their struggles in the forwards the last couple of years and how much I've watched of him, I can't believe he hasn't played first grade. Yeah, not agreed. so much been starting or play a whole year, but the fact he can't even get a debut and at all clubs of all the clubs, the Dragons, not to give him a run. Um, I thought he was close to their best yesterday. and best. I thought he was the best forward on the field. Sneaky little fullback, uh, Quinlan, who's very skillful and has played some grade for him. They just get the best out of their side. And Tarn Milne was obviously fine late in the year for them in first grade. Very strong product of the Roosters, 20 system and a, and a junior Kiwi. And they're going to go on and play Burley next week. But uh, I'd be backing Burley. So well, we... I haven't seen Burley play. So I don't know. The, the form line says that the Queensland teams are 2-0. Two, two and oh. They've won it you know, the last two years. I like Illawarra. I liked them last week. I, I couldn't see Mounties winning, um, even though they had the better side. I just like the from what I've seen, and I don't watch as much of it as what you do, and that might be a good thing because I, I just I like the way the cutters play, and they're pretty loose, and they'll uh, they they go after sides, um, and they've got a little bit of a different style. Whereas Mounties, Mounties to me seem very regimented and, and structured, and you know once that doesn't work, you saw that yesterday. They didn't really have another answer, did they, or another string to their bow? So. Uh, it'll be an interesting game. It always is. You know, first year we... Who was it the first year we backed? The well, Blackhawks? Penrith got a bit of a lead uh, against, was it... The Blackhawks? They weren't called Blackhawks, and they were called something else. Uh, it swapped the year after to Townsville. Northern Pride? They might have been Pride then. They had the orange jerseys, like yeah. the really bright jerseys, and they rolled Penrith and... Uh, well, they Pen- paid about $5, didn't they? No, they were massive outsiders because that Penrith side was loaded. Because we both backed them. In the last 20 minutes, mind you, that was some absolutely horror times for Waka Blake and uh, one of the Guama brothers had absolute brain snaps, bombed two or three tries on one side. But last year, we were both definitely on Ipswich. Yeah. 
got the result you wanted to see. And again, I haven't seen a whole lot of Burley, but I know I've seen a little bit because there's a couple of Raiders boys in that side, uh, Jeffy Lynch, Semi Salima. So I've seen a couple of their games, but they're a pretty good football side. And in particular, having those Harbs and the Titans players in there, they've got a good side. So uh, both of those games would be good, the NYC and that. But before we talk about the grand final and what we think, uh, obviously we're going to review the games from the weekend. We just did a little bit with Kenty, so I only have to brush over him quickly. But Sharks, 32-20. Over the Cowboys, you don't need to read a whole lot into this. Um, they came into it. They had a hard run. I think either side that got through from this, as much as we both, like I said, leant towards the Cowboys, I think more just for what we wanted to see on grand final day, they were done. Mm. Uh, they were done and dusted. The, the Sharks, you can't take anything away. were absolutely ruthless. Cutthroat line speed was ridiculous. They bashed them up in the middle of the field. Absolutely chewed them up in yard. It just ran over the top of them. In that first 20, 25 minutes, the Cowboys couldn't have done any more to absolutely kill themselves and gas out by dropping that ridiculous amount of football and basically being 70-30 with the ball. Well, the stats don't lie either. 12 of the last 16 premiers have had the week off, you know, that that third week off. So, And that that's going to go up again. That'll be 13 of the last 17 because one of these teams is going to win it. They've both had the week off. So, look, for me, you know, we said it earlier, the Cowboys, 30% possession, took too much gas out of them. They did well to defend. Uh, I thought they did well to only be down by 14. It went to 14-6. I thought they were a chance then. Then basically they conceded another penalty and an error, and it was all over. Uh, Cronulla then ran away, and the and the and the Cowboys got some garbage points at the end. But that was about it. Look, the, the Cowboys were were bad. I don't know how good the Sharks were. I don't know how we really get a a form line through this, as as I've said. But uh, you know, you've got to give the Sharks credit and respect that win. I think. Oh, 100%. They deserved it. You can only play what's in front of you, and they absolutely bulldozed them. And James Maloney, we spoke about it before, three clubs in the last six years, uh, three minor premierships, a grand, fi- a grand final win, appeared in three grand finals, and he's here again. New club, grand final. Um, he's definitely helped contribute to that spine. He's guided Chad Townsend. Obviously, Michael Linus has been really good in Benny Barber. But for all these years, we all, I always had him in my eight, just in the bottom because of that forward pack. That was enough to get him there. But yeah. They never really had a classy backline. They had a solid backline, and they never had a spine. This year, they've had the spine, mainly led by him, and Benny Barber's obviously got back to good form, and they've got some classy outside backs finally, so they kind of have the whole package, the Sharkies, to go along with that forward pack. Uh, and playing a Melbourne side, which, again, was so heavily reliant for years on that spine, and they struggled during origin. Now they've built such a great forward pack that that really didn't affect their origin period this year. They still won games, which is why they won the minor premiership. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They they managed to get wins through that period, which is crucial. You know, Brisbane did it last year, uh, and look where that placed them, and, and Melbourne, the side that were able to do it this year. Yep, 100%. And, uh, the well, second... and, and Cronulla, obviously. Cronulla had a lot of wins during that period too. Yeah, well, they beat Penrith and a couple other sides, and that comes off the back of, like I said, having those other guys step up in your squad and grow or having a little bit of depth, and uh, particularly for Melbourne, having those New Zealand forwards who don't go out for origin made a massive difference for them this year during yeah. that period. And uh, having Blake Green there in the past, they've kind of had a... A fix them up pair of halves, or they've had a good bloke, a bloke next to Cooper Cronk who's not really that stable, but Blake Green, obviously a decent first grader, Ben Hampton, and a couple of other guys there. Yeah. So, look, wrapping that game up, look, the only disappointment for me was that it was a fizzer, it wasn't close as a neutral. I just wanted to see a close game, and it, it wasn't, it was pretty much over at half time. So, but move on to the other one. Yep, you got the Storm 14 12 over the Raiders down there at Amy Park. Like you said, this one had a little bit of everything, there's no doubt about it. Um, there's a lot of people crying poor the day after that the Raiders didn't get the rub of the green and the ruck and vice versa the other way. And the Melbourne side of things, Melbourne had a kick that wasn't on the spot to go along with people complaining about the forward pass or the sin binning. All in all, I don't like when people throw shadow on a game. Um, there's way too many back and forths in between, oh, this cost them or this happened. 
at the end of the day, um, obviously losing Croker early on didn't help, but I don't think they helped themselves. And I think their best two players throughout this year were pretty quiet in Joseph Leilua and Josh Hodgson. I didn't think they had a massive influence on the game, which is, you know, they're the two guys I would have been looking towards, which they had success last time. Chase Blair didn't have a great night against Joey Leilua. Obviously, he was pretty quiet the other night. And Josh Hodgson, who's been so influential, was not really a big player of note the other night. Mm, look, I found it very interesting because the, Ra- the Raiders rolled down the field so easily. I thought Hodgson would have had a much bigger impact on the game. And like you said, he didn't. Uh, look, I thought Melbourne were a little flat. I think the week off, they looked a little bit clunky and regimented in their attack. Like, obviously, their attack's always regimented and structured, but I just found Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market not to be as smooth as, as it usually is, whether that was because of something the Raiders did. I, I didn't really see anything in the Raiders' defence that they did differently than any other side has done to Melbourne. But, look, I think for this, Melbourne will improve out of this. They, they're going to get better. I, I The week off as a coach, you know, you love it if you've got injuries and just for that rest. But the flip side of that is that you, you become a little bit clunky because you haven't had, obviously, you get into that routine of playing every week. So the long gap... I think affected Melbourne a little bit. Uh, the Raiders, they were brave, um, and, and I thought they started playing footy too late. They, the way they needed to play was the way that they scored that last try, offloading and attacking Melbourne and looking at the space. But uh, oh, for me, it was too little, too late. The sin bin, obviously, we're we're a bit fifty-fifty on that. We obviously went against the Raiders and Austin Ford parcel, that was a dud call. But for me, I, I think Melbourne still would have won the game, irrespective of those two calls and. Uh, I think they deserve to be there. Yeah, well, Cooper Cronk, 300th game. I was very, very happy to see him be rewarded and scoring that try very appropriately after they had that kind of poor spacing around the play the ball there. Jesse Bromwich, I thought he was outstanding as well. And um, Yeah, they're into another grand final. If you take, obviously, the, the salary cap issues out there, this is six grand final appearances for Melbourne in the last 11 years, two since the salary cap scandal, uh, a couple of minor premierships in that period as well. Craig Bellamy just... With these guys and these players, he just keeps on breeding success. And there's just no support. Every year, I know people keep writing them off and saying at some point they've got to drop, they've got to drop. But I think they've built the squad up, which is the big thing to take a lot of pressure off those two guys, which has kind of prolonged things this year. They didn't start the year well at all. Cooper Cronk was awful. Uh, mm. Honestly, yeah, he kicked the year off. And Smith was kind of just going through the motions. But that forward pack, and in particular, the two names in it that don't get enough reps for me are Tim Glasby and Dale Finucane. Yeah, Dale Finucane, especially this year, to me is borderline being an Origin player. Um, he's been absolutely outstanding. So yeah. that forward pack and um, the Raiders, I think bigger and better things next year. Obviously, they've come out of nowhere, but they're they're going to be really, really good. I think they're going to take a lot out of that and be even hungrier. But I, I think we've got the right grand final. Realistically, they're like out of, if it won out of these teams or if the Cowboys weren't busted, that top four it had to be somewhere out of there. But I think if you're going to go off all year. It, we're one of those those three teams. I think the Cowboys near the end there, they flattened out at the back end of the year. They weren't really looking too crash hot as much as I would have loved to see them go back-to-back. But out of those three teams, Raiders, Sharks, Storm, I think any of them being in the grand final was appropriate. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. And if uh, you're looking at the grand final uh, this week, obviously we're probably going to have uh, 
a bit more of a chat later on as far as the odds are concerned with WilliamHill.com and talk to Mr. Gossett and possibly have MG on. Um, yeah, yeah, MG will be on. We're going to have MG on. We've just been trying to confirm that while we're talking to Paul Kent, but we'll speak a little bit more about the grand final. But a quick look at things here with WilliamHill.com. Melbourne are a $1.83 favourite to start things off. Uh, 206 are the Sharks, minus one and a half the line there. One to 12, $3 for the Storm, 310 for the Sharks, 13 plus 450 uh, for Melbourne, and $5 for the Sharks. Overs, unders, 35 points. Oh, 35 and a half, sorry. I reckon unders for that one. Oh, that's. I just looked at that and. Yeah, I think that's wow. I think that's basically free money. And the Clive Churchill medal, there'll be no surprises, I'm guessing, with the market here as to who's the favourite. Trying to get it to pop up. It won't load here for some unknown reason. But Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith, no surprise there. I think when they did the futures before the final started, they were around the same amount. But Cronk or Smith, $6. Maloney, the favourite out of the Sharkies players, 9 bucks. For Feeder and Gallon, 11 apiece. Bromwich, 13 uh, you get 13 for Barber, 15 for Ennis, 15 for Wade Graham. Munster, who I like, 17 bucks. Uh, 19 for Lewis, Proct, 21. Townsend, 23. Uh, 21. Uh, Jack Bird there, 23. So it gets a bit deeper there. But what about you, if you had to back somebody? Oh, you, I usually look at... Uh, it's yeah, usually halves, halves, isn't it? Halves. So, so I, I'd be probably having a bet on Maloney. Uh, and then for Melbourne... Yeah, Cronk's obviously the easier one. I like Munster or Bromwich, to be honest. I think one of those guys, like Smith and Cronk have been good all year and they guide things, but I think we're going to get a massive... I'd probably back Smith, mate. I'd back Smith and Maloney. Well, there you go. If you go with Brock's picks there, $6 for Cameron Smith, Maloney, 9 bucks. I'm kind of... If I was going to pick a Melbourne guy, I don't know why. I get the feeling uh, either Bromwich would just have a monster, uh, a monster or Cameron Munster will have a great game. So 17 for Munster. I think history just tells you about that. Usually halves. really don't win it. You yeah. Know, Sam Burgess won it, and we know how epic of a game he had to have to, to get it. So when actually, but it wouldn't surprise me. Jesse Bromwich is a big game player. Well, out of that... Player, the, the two for the Sharks. I know they've got Fafita right there. He's very important. But Mick Innes is the one that glares out for me as yeah, well. Same $15 like. for Mick Innes if it's not Maloney. It's good value. Um, they're probably the two pairings of players. If you're going to pick a forward for them, I probably wouldn't be going for Fafita. I know he and him and Gallon probably rack up most stats or get the ball in the offloads. I think Wade Graham would be a sneaky one for me if I was going to back a forward yeah. on the Sharky side of things. And well, Luke Lewis had an epic game last week. Yeah, 100%. So. There's no odds up for the state championship between Burley and the Cutters, but I'm sure... The way they've framed the market the last two years, they're going to be a little more kind to the Queensland teams and probably go close to pick them. Mm. Uh, that's what I'd assume. Under 20s, they've got up just the odds for the head-to-head. Uh, the Penrith Panthers, heavy favourites, $1.27 in that one. The Roosters, outsiders, $3.70. So, um, how good's grand final day, honestly? Oh, I great. say it every year. Better than birthdays, Christmas, New yeah. Year's, all that stuff combined. Three games, you get there nice and early, you get on the source. Um, it's just a great day. Sad time of the year as well, though. Because the footage about end. Yeah, well, it's a bit different for me this year because I'm going to spend probably half the off season over in America, so I'm not really going to miss have that time. So, well, I kind of did it the opposite way. I went to you Europe. Did, yeah, and, missed and now it, you're thinking, well, the footy's over now. So, but at the same token, if I would have went to Europe uh, when the season ended, it would have been like snow and yeah. minus temperatures. So, and look, I, I'm I watch every game of the NFL every week, so I, I won't I'll miss it from you know when I get back from February to till March, I'll have a little bit of a a dark time there where there's no NFL and no NRL, but uh, you got the nines and a, a couple of trial games in there to keep us a little bit excited. So. I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to have like a fifth and last uh, like Oz tag team or something. We need to get something going to kind of fill in the gap so we're still involved with some footy something during the summer. Yeah. Something along those lines. Start a 2020 cricket side. You can pop your shoulder out. I can blow another knee. 
No. You know, good times. Good Overrated. Times. All right, well, there you go. We've started things off massively with Paul Kent. It was great to have him on talk about this upcoming grand final, and then we've just run through the games for you. Obviously had a bit of a chat about the GF and done the Fast Five, but next up we'll be joined by the Wild Panther, Big Mark Guy. And it's only appropriate on Grand Final Week that we talk to a man who experienced two himself. Uh, he had the ecstasy and the agony of it. The Wild Panther, Mark Gaia. Hello, boys. Wow, what a week. Um, the weather is starting to get warmer, and there's no coincidence that the, uh, the last couple of games we've watched in, uh, last weekend are heating up as well. So it's... Um it's definitely a great time of year, and you know I can't. Well, it's probably the only time, I suppose, outside of Origin, um, that I really get jealous about not being a rugby league player because this week leading up to the grand final is, as you mentioned, Shep, I had a, I had the uh, ecstasy and agony. I, I had the agony of losing one in 1990, and uh, in '91 we kind of toned things down a bit and, and just enjoyed the the whole process a bit more instead of being anxious and. And lucky to win one, but um, yeah, what a, what a week! Well, we've got the the purple might of the Melbourne Storm who find their way back in six grand finals in the last eleven seasons. Over that span of time, obviously they were done for cheating in, in a bit of a period of time there. And the Sharkies, they haven't been there for nineteen years, still yet to win uh, a competition. It's their fiftieth year. Probably appropriate that uh, these two teams are in. I think we said before, Broncos and Cowboys both look busted and finished. Um, but out of these two sides and Obviously, the Raiders on the weekend. Any of these three, I think, would be appropriate grand final. But um, these two, especially, don't really like each other. So I think it's going to be a good game in that sense. Every time they play, there seems to be plenty of niggle and plenty of fire. And we've got the two State of Origin captains playing each other as well. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a big footnote. Um, you know, usually, uh, look, I would love to see the Raiders make the grand final. And I thought they played well enough uh, to, to make the grand final. The other night, they kind of were duped in a couple of things. But... You know what? It's only went it went well both ways a bit. Um, I I just think it's the perfect scenario. As you just mentioned, eleven years, six grand finals, and uh, the Sharkies' fiftieth year. Um, Paul Gallen, um, Bernard Stallwood, never been to one. A um, couple of young blokes who had the key to the door to, to, to victory with uh, the young Bird and Valentine Holmes. If they explode and 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 the mechanical. Uh, and well-drilled and, and fascinating team to watch, which, which is Melbourne. Even though Melbourne don't play as flamboyant as every other club in the competition, um, they're the hardest to beat. So take take from that what you will. But um, you know, Craig Bellamy, in my opinion, has, if not taken over, he's, he's certainly caught up to the best in the game as far as coaching goes. Uh, he's continues to deliver, and I, um, I think I've spoken to you boys on many occasions about I would have loved to have been coached by Bellamy to see how, how good he is. Um, Phil Gould, I was lucky enough to be coached by him. and I probably see a lot of comparisons in, in the two. Um, they both get the best out of every play they've got. And when you run out of the field and you want to... Um, and Brock will back me up here, I suppose, when he, he won back-to-back C-grade coaches, uh, C-grade grand finals as a coach, that if you've got a team who will work for you and, and want to do it for you, it's basically your job's done before they even run out of the field. Well, that's the key as a coach, isn't it? Your job is to, to become redundant, to not have to do anything, to know the players should run out and know what they've got to do. And as you said, the key to all that and to tie it all together is obviously they need to want to play for you. Um, look, I'll look at this game. 
I've got a few concerns over the Sharks. I think they've got all the momentum, but they're the most penalised team in the competition, um, and I think Melbourne are the best field position team in the competition. So, you know, I think the Sharks are going to have to be pretty squeaky clean in terms of their discipline for this one. Uh, I give Melbourne the edge in the kicking game as well, so... I think for the majority of this, Melbourne are going to have the field position advantage, which then I give them the advantage in terms of opportunities to score points. What, what way do you see it going, mate? How do you think the game will go? Look, I think I think all stats, as you mentioned, lead towards the Storm victory. Um, but I, I just think the occasion's here. It's, it's, um, the time is, is right. It's, it's, um, it's the emotion of the, of the struggle, if you will will, 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 I think, get the Sharks over the line. I think it's the... You know, they've got 50 years... I don't know it's been 50 years since they've been in the competition. It's They've been in three grand finals uh, since then, and I think 73 and 78, and back in 97 when they got beaten in the Superland grand final, if you want to count that. But um, it's just been... A, the last 24 months has kind of been... 24 months and months to forget with the Peptide saga and, um, you know, different off-field dramas with different players and... Um, I, and one thing that's been constant is the shark supporters have stayed solid. Um, you know, I think it's, it's something that's a, a real tick um, when you look at the sharks team. I, I know, look, for Fido on his day, he's the best front row in the comp. Um, you've got, you know, Pryor's playing out of his skin. Um, you know, Luke Lewis played his best game of the night against the Cowboys this season. He's a big game player. Um, I think the more you the more you analyse the game, the more you think Storm are going to win because of that exactly what you just said. But emotion plays such a big part in this game, and, and, and want and need and desperation. And um, you can be sure of one thing: that they'll all be um, feeling as though they're going to pass away on the field. With their their lungs will be feeling like they're going to pop through their throat, and their chest is going to feel like it's going to pop out of its socket in the in their in their chest as well, um, but it's just one. The grand, it's grand final. It's the last game of the year, and I think in the end, desperation will get the the win for the Sharks. Yeah, when you look at the situation, the last couple of years, and we said this to Kenty earlier on, it's been kind of the fairy tale story. The last few years, it has got the job done. Twenty thirteen, Roosters rookie coach and Sonny Bill Williams first year back, they won a comp. Uh, Twenty fourteen, we obviously saw, saw Souths break a long drought after being kicked out of the comp and then returning, and then last year a first title for the Cowboys, but I'm not going to throw a spanner in the works or try and sound like too much of a tool being a Melbourne fan, but this is not exactly a team you want to be coming up against on a, a big day or a big occasion with a coach like Craig Bellamy and two players in Cooper Cronk uh, and obviously Cameron Smith plus, you know, basically the Kiwi forward pack. It's, it's a daunting task for both sides, but I look at this one, I think it's quite simple. The Sharks, that discipline, every time they seem to play Melbourne, they're always in the contest, but... They seem to lose their head, and like Brock said, when they get opportunities to stronger, they're definitely going to take that. But I saw what I've been missing probably over the last eight weeks from Cronulla the other night, which I thought had gone out of their game, which was they were not earning the right to shift the football or play some decent footy. They were too preoccupied with trying to shift early. Last night, they went back to what they should be doing, which is basically playing prison football, straight to the middle of the field, rough and hard, good carries, trying to offload the football, and then on kick chase, they just get down there and tackle one and two. The line speed was incredible, and they just bashed the Cowboys. Oh, there's no doubt the Storm were formidable. Well, of course, like, who would have thought that when Billy Slater went down with a shoulder injury round one that um, we'd be saying, well, oh, well, I did. I think most people thought it, but there's no way that the Storm were getting anywhere near the top four without Billy Slater. And um, this Munster kid, wow, he was, he, I think he was their best player. Uh, against the Raiders, he was just, you know, what the, the time he's got, he's for a kid his age, um, 
you know, it's it's quite scary to be honest. Um, you know, you're right. They did. They, the, the Sharks' second phase play in particular was was a highlight. But um, in in that 15 run stretch that they they won, that's what they were doing. They were, you know, blacks were like Kynington were coming off the bench and and getting that second phase going, and then, and then Jack Bird would get plenty of room with the ball, and Valentine Holmes like was. Um, in their four or five game slump, they they were guilty of trying to pass wide to Jack Bird and just I mean, Valentine Holmes and say, do your best, and they didn't earn the right. Um, against uh, the Cowboys, they just kind of, everything clicked, and everything everything that they did in that 15 weeks that was good seemed to come out together in one game, and um, conversely, I think everything that the Cowboys were trying to hang on to to try and go back to back, they just kind of felt that the struggle was too hard. And in the end, the, the, again, the more desperate team won and won convincingly. I think the score line flattered the Cowboys. And, um, you know, Shark, the Sharks are a team that are gritty. They're, they're you know, I, at the start of the season, you would you kind of picked them to be around about the top four, um, very much similar to the Storm, but I, I don't. I wouldn't have predicted these two to be in the grand final. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any concerns over the like the amount of possession that the Cowboys had, or sorry, the the Sharks had on the Cowboys in that first half, but yet they only had a two 0 lead after twenty two minutes? Like for me, as a coach, I'm going man. Like during that period, we should have banked more points. And I think against obviously the Cowboys are the second best defense. Melbourne are the best defense, and I think they're significantly better than the Cowboys. So I've got. I've just got concerns over where the points are coming from, and we had a conversation earlier with with um, Paul Kent, and he was sort of saying that he doesn't think there'll be any more than 24 points in the game, and we both tend to agree. So I think the key is for the uh, for the Sharks is that they're going to have to keep it low scoring in that gritty sort of style of game, aren't they? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I think you take a look at Canberra's books. Um, you know, Canberra showed that uh, with a big man going forward, and they they went wide on the fringes. Blake Austin was. Was I think another five or six metres wider than he would never, would normally be in a game to to, to receive the ball, um, and that kind of already shifts the, the big. You know, you got to move move these big storm players, big storm forwards around. They're, they're you know they're the biggest forward, one of the biggest forward packs in the competition, and um, you know I, I think they had a game plan Raiders to target Blake Green. That didn't work because his defence was outstanding. Um, I'd, I'd be more inclined to, to around the rucks, up the, up the guts, get Valentine Holmes to come off his wing and um, you know, couple of turn, the, turn the ball in and work around the marker area. I think it's more uh, the Storm have got an unbelievable outside back back line. Um, you know, obviously Vunavalu and Corabidi, um have been sensational for them, but you've got young Chase Blair and um, Chambers who are defensively pretty pretty strong. So. It's it's a fascinating contest. It's it's a, it's a team that are just kind of machine-like with a storm. You know exactly what you're going to get, kicked to the corners um, all day long. And they get you in there, and Cooper Cronk is at the, at the form of his career, um, you know, playing unbelievably. You, you can't see anything but a storm victory when you sit down and analyse everything. But I just think, as I keep saying, that it's, the, the destiny is in Sharks' hands, and it's, I think it's going to be that one of them days where... I think if Sharks do get in the front, uh, get in the lead in this game at some stage, which I think they will, uh, I don't think they'll, they'll relinquish the lead, and I think that's that's what's going to get them over. I, I don't know where the points will come from. I, um, you know, Maloney can he play as good as he did the other night? Probably not, um, but he will play thereabouts. You know, he's going to compete every game. Mm. Um, is some, is there going to be a, an unsung hero who starts, you know, a Fecky or 
um, you know, someone who's, who's we haven't even spoken about. I, I don't know, but what I know is that um, it's, once you're there, as long as they don't lose their heads in this week, you know, we spoke earlier about, you know, 1990 when we got to the grand final, we had street parades and, you know, got, you know we, we basically thought we'd won the game before we'd even taken place. The, the grand final breakfast was a distraction, the Dow M's were a distraction. And well, it is when you sunk 15 cans the night before. Two or twelve months later, you, you do the opposite and you win the game. So, yeah. Um, back then, I think I honestly thought, you know, you know, ten, twenty years ago, not probably twenty years ago, you have to probably get to a, get the first sample what it was like before you can you could try and win one. But then I think that, that these guys play on such big occasions in big fields and every game is, you know, a SunCorp or an ANZ or an Allianz. You know, yeah. Yeah, we used to only play an Allianz Stadium if it was a semi-final, so... I was going to say, it was such a big occasion for you guys then coming into the city. Now, the world's a lot smaller now, isn't it? Like, yeah, for us, like, yeah. you go to Sydney, right, it's just Allianz Stadium, whereas you guys, it was, you know, this is the big it was, time. It was a four-day trick. Yeah, exactly. So, I think, yeah, times have changed a little bit in that regard, and you're right, I don't think there's that real nostalgia. I think, I guess Suncorp sort of gets it at Origin time, and ANZ Stadium gets it during Origin and then Grand Final, but there's not really that fear of or a big occasion stadium apart from those two on those uh, minor occasions um, during the season that's for sure but I think you've made a good point there in that Cronulla's the emotion of Cronulla I think if Melbourne can just start the game well maybe score first and just take the emotion out of the game I think that's going to be the key for them you're spot on in that if Cronulla get to a lead and they lead after 20 and these forwards start to rumble forward and they get some penalties and they get some momentum they are going to be very hard to stop because you're right. The, the whole nostalgia of the of the sharks and they haven't won a comp and all that emotion will come to the fore, and that'll bring the crowd right into it. Um, and it'll be very hard for Melbourne to stop. So it's going to be interesting. I think the first twenty minutes of the game will probably decide the game um, more so, just because of that. Melbourne don't have that emotion. You know, they were they were there in two thousand and twelve. A lot of these guys have been there and done it before. Bellamy's done it before. You know, they're not well liked. Um, so in that in that regard, I think everything sort of points to Cronulla. So it's going to be very very important how Melbourne start. But, uh, it's, it works for you, for you and against you when you're the Melbourne Storm. When you're the when you're the benchmark over the last decade as, as teams go, which they have been, um, you know, there's obviously there's a lack, there's, there's cause for a little bit of complacency somewhere in the back of their minds. Um, I'd be interested to see this week just exactly what the body language and the, the corporate line is from the Storm um, when they when they do have these press conferences. I'd be interested to see. Um, exactly what the Cooper Cronks and Cameron Smith do play, do say. You know, it's all, you know, we've we've been here and done it. We've, you know, just another game, all that type of stuff. I wouldn't want to hear that if I was well. I mean, I want them to say that this is the biggest game of our life. Forget the rest of the, forget the last five grand finals we've been to in the last ten years. This is the most important. Um, and I think that'd be that'd be the corporate line that I'd be asking my players to, to adopt because you start saying it now, then by grand by kick off at seven fifteen on Sunday. It's fully believe, you're fully believing your own psyche, and um, the storm don't have to have too much belief in their, in their systems because it always works. It's just as they get rattled, what happens? Yeah, well, they're definitely not a, a good side for chasing points, but I think the big occasion won't overall them. And I saw uh, Smitty and Cronk both on Fox Sports not too long Smitty ago. Cronk, Smitty, yeah, Smitty, Smitty. <laughs> they're on Fox Sports not long ago, and like I said, that definitely not taking it for granted. The first thing that came out is what a privilege and an honour it is to play for the grand final, and you want to win these kind of games. So. <laughs> Spoken like a real star, dude. That's, That's right. You must have a pride coming through the phone, honestly. <laughs> 
Hey. You're just a set, you're a set pump. What time are you going to get down there on the Sunday game? I won't make the GF. We'll, we'll get down there at 9am, I reckon. It's lucky my, <laughs> <laughs> it's lucky my liver has been so uh, well conditioned. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's fantastic. It's, it's, you know, I can't believe, honestly, boys, I can't believe that season, how quick this season has gone. Yeah, it has. It's, 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 it's flown by. Like, it seems like yesterday we were watching the, the Auckland Nines, and now mm. here we are in the week, the best week of the, of the season. It's, um, the weather's warmer, the... Um, the, the birds are chirping, the sky's blue, you know, had a, had a dip in the pool today. The horses are back. Go the horses. <laughs> Oh, classic. Well, it's town to critical time. So, Brock, you've obviously gone the storm uh, by how much? Oh, no, I think we're going Sharks, 24 to 16. There you go, 24-16. So you got Sharkies, 24-16. What if you had to have a bet on a first try score, a big fella? Uh, first try score, I'd go somewhere like, I think, um, I think... Uh, Look, I think the, I think they're going to lead. I think they're going to lead from the front, the Sharks. So I'm going to say Maloney first try scorer. And Clive Churchill medal. Um, well, if they're going to win, their captain's got to have a man of the match performance. So uh, Paul Gallon. Boxhead, you go in the Storm. I'll go Storm by eight, uh, and I think Smith will get the Churchill. And what about a first try? If you're going to have a crack, um, first try. Uh, I'll go Kevin Proctor. Yeah, and the Proc. Well, yeah, Proctor oh. or Harris. It was very quiet last against the Raiders, so look for him to have a massive game. Yep, and uh, Mr. Gossip, he can't join us this week, but he's got the Storm by eight, and he's got Bromwich for a Clive Churchill. He didn't send through a first try score, and on my side of things... How's like, he going? Fair Nickham, grand final week, and he's, he's caught in He's sick. gone. He's gone. Right. And to finish... Well, he's got a big fat for bench. Big <laughs> effect. <laughs> he's, he's all over it, all over it. And Kenty, he went to Sharks, and I've gone the Storm by six. I think first try score at Proctor as well, and I've got Money Munster to be the uh, Clive Ooh. Churchill. There you yeah, go. Great, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it can go anyway. We've, uh, we've had 40 people coming to the house uh, to, to watch it and, and enjoy it. And what time, do you know what time in the 20s? Kick off in the Peters yeah, and the Roosters. One thirty. Yeah, one thirty. One thirty. Yeah. Oh wow, that's early. So then we've got the um, the three thirty. Uh, Vita Cutters. Yeah. What three thirty four? Three thirty. Yeah, around there, and then we'll have the big big break in between. But me and Louie will find a bar somewhere, I suppose. Trudeau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell them you're the fifth and last boys. That's right. Straight to the front of Q. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> showing the badge, boys. Showing the badge. That's, that's why I'm going so well in life. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We will, uh, brother. We'll, we'll, we'll be on Instagram for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, as always, it's been a fantastic year. We always have to give you a big thanks for uh, plugging the show, retweeting and whatnot, and obviously coming on. And for everybody out there, MG, you know where to find him on Twitter. It's at MarkMGGuyer. And every morning on the Grill Team, Monday to Friday, 104.9 Triple M Grill Team. Cheers, big fella. Great champions. Love Well, it's been a big show so far, Boxhead. Grand final week, as you'd expect. Paul Kent on, and now Mark Guyer getting their opinions on the game. And obviously, we reviewed both the prelim finals, gave our opinion on what we thought, um, did the fast five. And as we finish most weeks now, we'll get the odds from WilliamHill.com. There's anyone you're going to have a bet with, make sure it is William Hill on the NRL or any sport. And we've got the fan questions there, obviously, that we've put up as usual. So we'll start with the fan questions before we finish off again. Finally, with our tips and uh, any of the odds in the first one. The Sportress at fifth and last. On a scale of 1 to 10, how embarrassed should the Sharks be that their fan group wants to steal the Viking clap? Oh, 
I, it doesn't really worry me. Oh, I think it's good regardless of who does it. I think it would just be good on grand final day if everyone did it. I kind of... Like, like, if you've got 80,000 people doing it, it'd I be a pretty, that, pretty like, cool thing. I get that Canberra started doing it, the Viking clap, but I think a lot of people forget, or when I've seen it, saying they started it. This all came about from when Iceland went further in the Euros and they had basically almost the whole of the bloody country there at a presentation and they did that clap together. So I get the link, Iceland, Vikings, and obviously Canberra took it on board. Um, is it in bad taste? I don't know. I'm not really bothered by it like you, to be honest. When they did it after the game... Um, to, when when McEnnis took the piss out of it, yeah, and and Jack Bird, they went a bit over the top, but I, I didn't really have a problem with that either. Mm. I thought, it, you know, it's not something I want my players doing, and not something I'd do personally, but it's their own. Yeah, I wasn't highly offended by it. But yeah, as far as like, I, it, it, it didn't surprise me either because McEnnis and Jack Bird, that's the sort of characters they are. Mm. Polarizing sort of dudes, aren't they? So. Yeah, well, I could get why. Like I said, some of the fans might be a bit sensitive to it in Canberra if they want to do it pre-game and call it the shark clap. Like I said, obviously in the NRL sense they started it, but this did originate from when uh, Iceland did do very well in the Euros. And if any of hasn't seen that, look that up on YouTube because I literally can't remember what the population was and how many people they got there. But it's almost eerie to watch. It's awesome. There's yeah. literally maybe close to hundred thousand or something people just standing there doing the clap. Uh, the Buckstar, question for you boys. What's your favourite memory from your playing days, best try, best moments, etc.? Uh, probably we won the schoolboy trophy or the Arrival Life Cup. What's it called now? GIO Cup yeah, at school. Yeah, schoolboy cup. It's all changed that now. It was um, 2003. Uh, and then we won uh, back-to-back-to-back premierships with my club side. That was, what, 17s, 19s, 19s, so... You always you always remember winning competitions. Probably the, the best moment for me in footy was winning back to back as a coach. I, I I think it's it's a it's a more fulfilling feeling to win as a coach than it is a, as a player. Like it, because as a coach, I guess you know, I just think it's it's harder. It's more difficult. You don't really control things, whereas on the field you've sort of got that element of control. But yeah, I think every year every year you make a good memory if you putting in so the game the game gives back it's you can't just it's not all about winning obviously but they're the they're the best moments probably because of not so much the winning the the celebrations afterwards I suppose mm. that's the best part of it well unfortunately for me I didn't win a lot of comms bar school football obviously uh, we both went to St Dom's who were quite successful we had really good school sides we won just about every age group comp at club football uh, I, I didn't really play in any really really good sides when I got a bit older I did, but... A couple of grand finals, but you weren't fortunate enough to win them. No, nah, I'll probably throw out... You want to bring up trials. I know this probably seems a little selfish, I think. I remember more the younger football when it was just all good fun, like at the Waratahs, to be honest. Um, yeah, I was playing Div 3 with my mates from school, but I just remember those kind of things and not being too ruthless, but you always bagged a couple of tries every week. It was almost expected playing at that level, so... <laughs> yeah, we both played at Waratahs. I used to... Uh, I do have one that stands out only for a good laugh because I remember Joel Turnbull's grandpa used to say, give me five bucks for every try I scored. We played Colo one day and I got six meat pies and he gave me $30. So as that's a 13-year-old... 30, 30, 30 bucks is... That's a, like a 1000 now. Yeah, 30 bucks yeah. when you're 13 years old and a bloke's just watching you rack them that's up. That's great. And I was walking back, counting them to him and just waiting to get my money. I was pretty happy with myself so he, that day. He, he was looking for an ATM. Oh, mate, I went and got caramel slice and all that kind of junk crap you do when great. you're a young bloke and you get some cash. A couple but, of Milo bars. I probably remember that more fun than anything. We had uh, just a lot of guys I went to school with at the time. We did win a comp that year. It was third division, so... Who cares? Big uh, turnaround, obviously, between that and finishing up playing 20s. But well, we also... We do this for free, so we obviously yeah. love... We love the game, so... We love football. Yeah. Coaching, playing, uh, obviously I commentate, you do the junior rep stuff. Like We're involved in all senses, and you even commentated with me last year, so there's not any facet of the game that we're not willing to do. Yeah. Uh, we absolutely love it, but... 
yeah, they're, they're just some of the simple things I remember playing with my friends and maybe those earlier days where it was, uh, you know, all just for fun. Uh, Anthony Cagliano, sorry if I've got that last uh, name wrong. Do you think the refs should or have a press conference after the match so they can explain their decisions? Might keep them honest. I like it. Yeah, I think a few people flooded that one before, and yeah, they could probably give a bit more clarity then on some decisions and anything uh, fans may feel aggrieved by or if there's any 50-50s. Chris Sakluna, who do you like out of the Cutters and Burley Bears? I like Burley, but I haven't really seen him play. Yeah. But I'm just going to... Uh, I have a belief that the Queensland Cup is stronger than the New South Wales Cup. On the whole, I think you're probably right. Um, I'm going to go to Burley, but I think this one will be close. But yeah, there's some... Pretty handy players up at Burley. They've got a really good pair of halves in Cameron Cullen and Jamal Fogarty, and they've got some decent outside backs. The forward pack is basically supplied by the Titans as well. So there's Nathan, Nathaniel Pettery, Lachlan Burr. It's a pretty good side they've got up there. Mm. Um, Cutters definitely like to play small ball, move the foot around. Demetrio's done a great job, but I think this will be one of the better what state cup finals. Oh, that's ages ago. What about this bloke? I'm just having a look at our Facebook page here. And Matthew, Matthew West, he's into me because I... Left Manly out of my eight. You hate DCE, we get it. Manly just missed the eight last year with the worst team, you numpty. Yeah. How's that going for you, Matthew? <laughs> they finished bottom four, you muppet. Yeah, well, St. George, good times. Both teams. It's one of those things at the start Seriously. of the year. That's what we say we're on at the start of the year when they get angry about our top eight. You can't get angry because everyone... Well, St. George did finish out of Manly, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. So... But everyone out there, when they get emotional because it's their team, yeah, you can't. That's right. You can't I'm not get a fan. I go for the Titans, but I'm not a fan. No. I, I had the Titans in the bottom four, and that's where they should have finished. I had the Titans come at last. So. <laughs> there you go. So, and I don't take that personally. Like I said, when people get personal, you can't get personal. Yeah. Trying to give an opinion. We're happy with everyone's opinion, but yeah. I've just seen that. It's fired me up. It makes me hate Manly even more. You didn't. <laughs> how's, your, how's your final series going, Manly? Uh, love you, The mate. Titans got their head of his, you muppets. Bless you, Matt. You've lit a fire on his ass. Good. William Robinson, who you've had some debates for the last few weeks. Get some good questions up there. Should Thurston have gotten away with swearing at the ref when older other players sorry, are getting suspended for bringing the game into disrepute? Surely this should have got more attention. I agree, William. I agree, son. I he agree. should have been sin bin. Yeah, well... But the standard, and like you're saying, it's hard to get a line, William, because you... There is no line. Well, it's like the bloody shoulder charge charge. You get Innes uh, let off, and then you get Jack White, and then they try to justify it, and then they backflip and change their mind. And or the referee touching. The head highs we saw like earlier in the year when I thought Tapao was very lucky to get a grey bomb when he killed Jack Bird, and then someone else gets charged. Like a, That's the low light of the year, I reckon. Been, there's been some real mixed results, and I heard Todd Greenberg, who's been travelling around the country, apparently, to members of each club and doing fan, oh, like forums and talking. The mm. One one of the big points has came up is people want something changed at the judiciary, so we probably will get a solid panel or Good. something like that in the near future. But that the mishandling uh, of that tackle, that's as bad as a tackle as I've seen probably in a couple of years. Like, well, he again, didn't get land on like we said at the start of the year, that sets the standard oh. for everybody when you go in afterwards, though. Because that if that's a grade one out of 15 grades, well, then everyone else can walk in and go, well, if that's a grade one, ours wasn't as bad, so... Mm. They really laid an egg really early in the year there, the match uh, you know, the match panel there. But Adam Bain, firstly, how the hell do the Warriors fit for it under the cap? That smells rotten. And do you think the Raiders Sharks would have been a better viewing spectacle or do we have the best two teams? Oh, we've definitely got the best two teams. Absolutely. Um four and under the cap, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of sign like David Mead leaves the Titans to go to Brisbane and I I can't work that out because I I can't see, if you look at the rosters, put the rosters side by side and tell me that the Broncos have got more money in their cap than the Titans do. I, I can't yeah, work I that out. I think that was all circumstance. Third parties. It's third parties is just making the competition uneven. Yeah, but from the way I understand that one, he's gone there for a pretty pittance and shot himself in the well, foot. Well, that's what they're saying. He wanted money 
to play fullback. He's obviously not going to play fullback. Then Manly were offering money and the dogs apparently, but only to play on the wing. So he didn't want either of those. And Where does he think he's going to be playing at Brisbane? Then he thought he was going to get a run in French rugby. Obviously, they've probably did a look, a background check and seen he hasn't played much fullback. And at the end of the day, one of the offers he got was to go there for one year on OK money, I guess, a bit lower amount. So uh, he may strangle all his options trying to kick and scream about playing fullback. So... I still agree with you, though, to pick up someone of... I don't get it. Mead, even if they got him on the cheap. I don't don't get it. Collecting a fair bit of talent. But on the Warriors side of things, I'm not too sure. I would have thought maybe that Lola here would be heading somewhere else now. Well, you think they're going to have to offload a couple. And if they don't, then... Technically, this mm. contract is not registered. They still have to go through a process. And I think the Warriors themselves said they've put a deadline on the NRL Mm. to have all this cleared so they know whether they have him or not by Christmas time. Yeah, what will happen this will be buried in a November paper somewhere. So, yeah, well, that's what will happen. It'll be a little, tiny little column in the corner that'll say four and cleared, and every, it'll go through to the keeper, and no one will be worried about it. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens there. He had a bit of a spray on social media today. At, uh, Who did? Kieran Foran. There was a bit of a statement, mostly at the journos and media that just keep going after him and harassing him and writing stories about him every couple of days. He's not too happy about it. Um, so, Aww. see what's happening there. Cameron Baxter, do you guys think the ref should speak to the players a bit better, considering it's about the player, and they are the reason the refs have a job. I'm still filthy after the Cowboys offside, not called at the death of the Bronx match, and Parker was just shut down when asking about it. And why don't refs ever come under the spotlight for match fixing? It's funny how Cameron didn't have that argument the week when the Broncos got through on the worst refereeing performance in 40 years. Don't get me started on that. Uh, Look, uh, the referee should speak to the players better. There's no doubt that... But they're still... they're, They're under the rules where they get told, you know, like... Not allowed to talk to the players at this yeah, point well in the they, game. They brought that in they the other year. Following their own rules, we yeah. always say this: the referees are handcuffed to the crap rules that are implemented. Yeah, and this rule got brought in the other year because people like Jamie Lyon, Petro Sivanasiva, everyone used to go up and stand in front of them and talk to them for a minute and a half, and it was to slow things down and kill the game. Basically, I was just about to say that. So they've done this now, Two sides to it. where there's supposed to be only a stoppage when you can go up for the reason that they can't, you know, just keep clogging the game and slowing things down. Uh, David McNeil, up, up, Cronulla. That's all. Good nice. on you, Dave. Nice, Dave. Enjoy, mate. It's a great week. Uh, Cameron Allen, any preferences between an afternoon, evening, or night green final? I like afternoon. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like the twilight there, kind of the Arvo as well, just when it's a bit drier. So I'm with you there. James Hughes, where do you rank this Melbourne Storm team amongst the other green final teams that Bellamy has had? Uh, hard one. Up there. I'm, I don't think I think this side would beat 2012. I'm going to put it this way. I'm not going to bring in the cheating ones because of that reason. So if you're going to ask me would I rather this side or 2012, this one by country more. Mm. 2012, we picked up Richie Feo so late, barely used him. Jamin Lowe basically didn't get on the field. Um, he did an exceptional job as he's done his whole career, getting the best out of a few guys that I wasn't sure about. Todd Lowry was one. I'll tell you which team I'd take. Who? 07. 07. <laughs> it wasn't a, a fairly heavy side, wasn't it? 07. Just decided Thank you. to run GI at six because we were over the salary cap. Yeah. Great times. But um, yeah, this one I'd definitely take out of the two legit teams over legit the twenty twelve side. Come on. Tom Lacey, thoughts on refereeing from the Storm vs Raiders. I'm a Raiders fan and plenty of folks blowing up deluxe about it. I thought it was an average ref performance, but the play the ball errors not pinged and then the white and send off just highlights the horrendous consistency of the officials. Best team on the night one, though, and I take nothing away from an amazing season from the Raiders. Yeah, agree with most of that, Tom. They got some crap calls, no doubt about it. Uh, I thought Melbourne got a couple of dicey ones as well, but overall, I didn't think the officiating cost any team a chance to win the game, and I think that's all we can ask from the refs. Yep. 
Aaron Wood, what is it going to take to get more consistency in refereeing and bunker decisions and there's any new rules or ideas you'd bring in no, for next season? That's the problem, Aaron. No Too more many new changes. rules. No more new rules. Stop it. Strip a few rules out, I think. Make it easier for the game to be officiated. Uh, the bunker, I don't mind the bunker. Um, I'd keep it as is. I just a little bit less interpretation and confusion in terms of the rules. Simplify it. Yeah, I'm with you. Every year we seem to bring something in that's a major change on the game. I think there's been a few positive changes over the last couple of years, but in general we just keep changing things unnecessarily and adding and adding and adding. adding, adding so. I hate the seven tackle set. I hate it's it. a huge punishment. It's I a massive it. punishment. So um, you, you enjoy it as a fan when you see your team getting a couple of them, but then you see another week where your team has a Barry Crocker and uh, it goes the other way. It's not fun to watch. So, Ivan Lloyd, what are your thoughts on the Viking clap in general and both Cronulla and Melbourne's fans imitating it in the finals against us? Maybe I'm being a little precious, but my attitude is be original enough to come up with your own thing rather than taking the piss out of something another club's introduced. I don't think they're taking the piss. I think they're just doing it because I think it's cool. It would just be interesting to see how long it stays for. Like, can we going to do it next year? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, I was down there during the bad period. I'm sure all the Raiders fans were. If you go when they weren't winning, there was barely anybody there. there and no one's doing the clap. Yeah. So. I've enjoyed it during the run. I like it. They did the same thing in 2010 when things got hot with Campisi and that side with Bronson Harrison and whatnot. But um, as long as they keep turning up and doing it, I'm fine with it. I think people are just jumping on board. So, um, again, I, I'm not really a big qualm, but, again, I'm not a Raiders fan uh, in that sense. So, yeah. Michael Thompson, can you rate Shannon Boyd's year? Everyone is talking about the backs from Canberra, but Boyd has done some good stuff. He chased down a Sharks player first week of the finals to stop a try. That tackle got the crowd pumped up against Melbourne. I think he's improving. I think he's improving yeah. as well. I think the big thing is just minutes. Um, at the moment, he does good in his two stints, but you can see after like 15, 20 sometimes, he's blowing pretty hard. And he How kind old of, is he now? Boydy, I'm pretty sure two years younger than me, so he'd be probably 24. Yeah, so he's he's probably got another year or two, and then he's going to be playing his best footy. He's still got... Oh, well, he's got probably six years left. So he's got a year or two, and then he'll be in, into his prime. Physical prime, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, yeah I'm pretty sure 24. He's two years younger than us when we were down there. He played ball, so... Uh, yeah, I thought he had a pretty good year overall. Definitely a big improvement for him. Matthew Hayes, what are your thoughts on the changing the NRL competition to a similar format in this intra Super Cup for both regions? The only difference being they verse both regions' top four uh, sides of their respective conferences playoff for finals. I think it will give more league to Queensland as it is really the only sport Queensland watch and better TV deals available for both pay TV as they would obviously promote some of the better Q Cup sides. As a Canberra fan... And Canberra, I love the passion for Queenslanders have at the moment. I believe New South Wales have too many sides and it's oversaturated. Uh, It's never going to happen. The way it is, it's a national competition. You can't segregate it to New South Wales, Queensland. Um, No. They could split it into similar to what the NFL does in terms of tiers, if you want to do it that way. So, And then you can play everyone in your tier twice. And then, therefore, you've got you know, sort of a fair indication come final. So you take the top four from each. I don't mind that idea, but still, I, how do you how do you then split them up? I just, I think it's the way we've got it. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. It's obviously broken in the fact that not every team plays each other twice. That's my only issue with the draw. And the fact that teams are making the eight because they get a lighter run or a better run during origin. Yeah, well, that's the big one for me. The origin period uh, does hinder some teams, and it is the luck of the draw, um, depending on who's missing players, who you're up against, etc. Mm. I think, remember this year, the Dragons was a big one for me. They had a complaint at the start of the year how they had the hard road trip, having to go play all their games in Queensland. But during origin, they basically got all those sides that were the most heavily affected. They got Melbourne, they got the Cowboys. So 
it almost balanced itself out. Like it's you know it's a bit hard to draw a line through that one. But David McNeil again, do you keep Beal on the bench if Tagatizzi is fit? No. No, I think they've got him and Paulo back. They had both of them in there originally. I'm not so fussed on Paulo coming back into the side, but um, if Tagatizzi is healthy, I put him in. Do they take Beal off? I probably would. I wouldn't be running with that extra back, but you might see Kate will be the one miss out, even though um, his few games have been pretty good. I don't know if he'll want to carry Kate will, though, if he has the chance to swap it. He might stick with Beal because he has all year. So yeah, see what happens there. And Sandy Hunter, who wins and why? Well, we've covered that pretty much in depth, so she would have been... She would have already heard that, but uh, we both like the Storm. Yeah. And I, and I don't love the Storm. Don't get me wrong. It, it's a very, very, very close grand final, this one. So and I think uh, Melbourne are going to have to do well to get take the emotion out of it, um, take the crowd out of the game, uh, it, because if Cronulla gets some momentum and the crowd gets involved, I think they're going to be hard to stop the, uh, the Sharks. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I see this is one of the most even contests we've had in a long time. I do like Melbourne. They weren't great. Last week, and they don't chase points. So uh, the first twenty, what we spoke about earlier, like Joey John's brother. I think Brock would more be right in that sense. Every time we start well, we seem to build into a game and strangle mm. things and take control. But um, if we go behind early on, it's one of those things we've kind of seen during the year. Melbourne don't chase points too well, but then again, like we said, it's not very often that you do find them behind on the scoreboard in most games. So uh, really, really looking forward to it. And Cameron Baxter, sorry, I missed one of his comments before after he said about the refereeing in that Cowboys game. He said, I have not watched a game since the Broncos were knocked out and don't think I'll watch the grand final over the refs. Okay. Well, he's obviously not happy. Good on you. Because I wasn't happy that the Broncos got through the week before with the, all the calls they got against uh, the Titans. So I, I feel your pain, mate. Um, and it was the same two referees from memory, wasn't it? I think so. They said they were going to drop them and whatever. So I guess swings and roundabouts. Like, I, I didn't really... I've got nothing against the Broncos. Like, I I tip the Broncos to win the comp, so I was hoping the Broncos would get through, but um, they ruined that Broncos-Titans game. I, I still think the Broncos would have won that game. Yeah. Um, but just, I, I just thought that it ruined, the, it ruined like their chance, and it just ruined the spectacle. Like, it, it wasn't a game. Yeah, and as a Titans fan, much like he is a Broncos fan, all you want to see is your team it. get a fair rub. That's I all. get it. So. But, I, mate, I, you need to be outraged... Consistently, like you can't just say, "Well, because it's my team, I'm going to be outraged." Yeah. Um, I, you know, and as we've said, I, I think the Raiders got a couple of dodgy calls on the weekend, and you're a Storm fan, and you'd agree with that. The the simbinning was harsh. We've seen them go both ways. Um, that one, I wasn't so bothered about because they are fifty fifty on that. Some of the ruck penalties people complain about that changes every week, so yeah. it's it's hard to ever be really outraged about it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they made uh, you know more errors than we did. I looked at the line breaks; they're exactly the same. We outgained them by four hundred meters. All those little things that I thought they needed to do uh, to get over us: meters, win the ruck, yeah. offload, line breaks. It wasn't really there, and they had some injuries early in the game, which probably didn't help. With Croker, Papali had a bit of a niggle there, and they reckon Leilua hurt his hammy. But we're not bi- we're not biased in the fact that we can just say, yeah, our team got a lucky call, or our team got a dud rap. So it is what it is. Yeah. The refereeing, I think, overall this year has been pretty poor. Well, that's all the questions done. So you've had all our guests this week. Paul Kent, Mark Guy, big grand final preview. We've gone through everything, answered your questions. We finished things off with our tips. Obviously, no gossip here, but the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. The under-20s game, first and foremost. Uh, you've got the Penrith Panthers versus the Sydney Roosters. Penrith, fantastic side, been dominant in this competition uh, the last couple of years, potentially going to take out a third title in the space of four years. and Not many teams could lose their grand final halves from last year. Jerome Luai getting suspended and clearly moving up to NRL and replace them as well as Penrith have. 
No, no. Well, I, they're just chock full. Penrith are chock full. Uh, the Roosters have obviously got their players back. They've been pretty impressive, but I, I think it's been clear since round one. I know Penrith got rolled round one, but they they went on to win. I don't know how many games they lost this year, but they didn't lose many. Yeah, and they then, lost a few at the back end there, but well, that was with those new players kind of yeah. in and trying to find their feet together. But I think and they're about eight points clear in the minor premiership, so they, of course they're going to. You know, experiment a little bit, give some guys a rest. They could have potentially, like when you lose your halves, most of the time you look to your ball side and you go, okay, there might be one kid we like, but not many other clubs have the luxury of having the Australian schoolboys halves as your 18s halves pairing. So now Sean O'Sullivan obviously injured, but Dean Bloor, someone we've had something to do with, he came up. Yeah. And then you've got Tyron May, who we think is genuinely a six, actually playing at six and um, all over the park. They're a dangerous well, side. What happened last year as well? We, we had. Nathan Cleary come in. He obviously didn't play in the grand final, but we had Nathan, Nathan and Jerome come into the side who were the SG ball half side. It's happened two years in a row, yeah. basically. So, uh, And it prob- it'll probably happen again because the halves for um, the 16s are quite strong. So, you know, they're not far away. It's a, it's a nice little production line they've got there. You know, the Roosters might win this game, but I think if it's played 10 times, the Panthers win it nine times so yeah I'd go with you there probably you know seven eight times I think they'd win as well so we're all going Penrith Gossett's on Penrith as well but those few names you seen Nat Butcher last round keep your eyes on him Joseph Manu people have seen plenty of and Penrith god I could just keep rattling off names but I think it's probably similar to the the Melbourne Melbourne game Penrith if they start well I think this will be in the bag but it'll be interesting if the Roosters can get away to you know a 10-12 point lead that I think it'll make this a really interesting game because Penrith they won't panic but they're certainly more comfortable playing from in front than behind. Yeah, as are most 20s teams coming yeah. back. There are, there are comebacks, but generally they don't handle that pressure as well as the top-level guys. But, uh, yeah, I think Tyron May playing at six is great for them, even though they've had some changes during the year. The state championship, you've got the Illawarra Cutters versus the Burley Bears. Uh, obviously, yesterday, New South Wales Cup final, very, very close game, 21-20. They took out the much more favoured Mountie side, and Burley knocked off Redcliffe. They unfortunately lost their halfback, Darren Nichols before the grand final, but they were very good and not Redcliffe off with Nichols to get the first spot in the grand final. Um, Gossip's gone the cutters. We've both gone the Bears. Obviously hard. I've only seen the cutters a few times this year, but more so than what we've seen the Bears. But I do know a fair bit about some of the players up there, so that's basically the reason I'm going to go with uh, Burley. Yeah, I, I'm just taking, as I said before, the faith that the Queensland Cup stronger than New South Wales Cup. Oh, I thought that game yesterday, Cutters, Mounties, was pretty ordinary, to be fair. Yeah. Well, looking at the odds for both those games, in the 20s game, Penrith heavy favourites, $1.27, 3.70 for the Roosters, if you like them. Uh, the state championship game, it's been framed up early on with the Cutters just in front, so a little more respect from the bookies. As we said in the first year, I think it was pretty sure uh, still the Cutters at the time were like $5 outsiders or something ridiculous against Penrith. And then last year, I think Ipswich were maybe the favourite. But, yeah. Oh, Northern Pride, you're saying? Northern yeah. Pride, yeah. Oh, about five bucks. Last year, it was Ipswich were outsiders again, I think. I think they may have been favourites. Oh, OK. Last okay. year, which you would expect given the run they had during that oh, season. I thought, but... I thought they were outsiders. Who'd they play last year? Newcastle. Newcastle, they? yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah I, I, I could be wrong. But, yeah, this one framed up so far. It's uh, pretty close. Cutters dollars $1.73, $2.10. About the Burley Bears and the big game, like we said before, the NRL final. The Sharkies versus the Storm. It's a clean sweep for all of us here. You're on the Storm. I'm on the Storm. Gossip's gone the Storm. Uh, obviously, MG, Kenty, they're both on the Sharkies. And then just some extra stuff here. Brock obviously says by eight points. I've got by six. Gossip's got eight. So we're thinking a one to 12 game. We've both got Proctor first try scorer. Well, just, just a back row. I think Proctor, Harris, 
Um, and then from Cronulla, I think Graham and Luke Lewis. Oh, I love a back row try yeah. in a grand final. It is pretty common that you do see that. But the odds for this one with William Hill, the Melbourne Storm, $1.84, the Sharkies, 206 the line, minus one and a half there, if you want to get onto that side of things. One to 12, Melbourne, $3. One to 12, Sharks, 310. 13 plus, Storm for $55 for Cronulla. Uh, the total game score, this is the one we like. Overs or unders, 35 and a half. You'd be taking the unders there, wouldn't you? Absolutely. That's the one you're probably looking for. Uh, and as far as looking at some of those markets, we said the Clive Churchill medal before. Brock says Smith, I've got Munster. So if you're going to go on that regard, uh, I think the favourites were heavily Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith. They're both at $6. Maloney would probably be one you'd be looking at for the Sharks. $9 there for Feeder and Gallon 11. Bromwich 13. Barber 13. Uh, Innocent Graham 15. Munster, who I like, $17. Um, if you want a roughie, someone on the outside of things, like a Kevin Proctor or a Luke Lewis, one of the back rowers, $19, $21. Chad Townsend. So. Chad Townsend. Maybe a redemption story. It was 20 something dollars, I think. 23 to 1. So pretty good odds if you're looking there. And first try scorers, we talked about this before. We'll get a quick look at those odds and see what we've got paying. If this ever loads, which is be quite handy. Uh, so we've both gone Proctor. If you were to go Proctor, first try scorer with WilliamHill.com, $21 you get there. So who's 26? So I'll, I'll probably have I'll have five bucks on the well, four back rows. Who are the other back rows? And then on the flip side of that, Luke Lewis, $19. Wade Graham, 26 yeah, I'll, I'll just have five bucks on those four. You wouldn't be too far off. I always think in grand finals, it's either them or a half. Someone slides well, if, through. If one of them scores, I get 100 bucks. Yeah, basically. Only outlay so. 20. But yeah, if you're looking at your usuals, Vuni Valu, $8 for first try. Corey on the other side, $10. And then the wingers uh, in the other team. Obviously, if you were looking for Fecky. What about to score a try? If you had to put your hard earned on just one player to score a try at any time, what would you, who would you go? Oh, just to score a try, yeah. I'd probably have to say Vuni Valu or Holmes. One of those two guys in the end of a backline movement. Vuni's obviously. During the year, been that guy just in some of those games. He's got the first try or a try just out of nowhere, but he's also scored them in bags. I don't know if he's scored a single try. It's always been doubles or hatties. Who's a left-hand winger for Melbourne? Uh, for the Sharks? That's Is it Holmes? Fecky. Fecky. I, I like Fecky because Edric, Edric Lee bombed a couple of tries down that edge on the weekend. So I think that's probably where Cronulla will go. I'll, I'll, I'll say Fecky will well, get a pie. We said it a million times. Very <laughs> underrated player, especially his yardage work. His yep. yardage work's absolutely outstanding, but... That basically finishes off, mate. That's all the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Uh, the last thing to do with this is our charity bet. So I honestly, I think 1-12 to 12 this game. I'd like the Storm. Let's one, go Storm 1-12. to 12. Storm 1-12, to 12, $3. So potential return there Done. of 200, 200 yep. after the $100 stake. And there it is. Like MG said on the phone, this year has gone ridiculously quick. We've gone through the motions as always. State of origin, the 26 rounds. I disappeared for a a while. Brock rode solo. Did a fantastic job. Gossett, he's ducked out a little bit like Mitchell Pearce this year, in and out of rehab. Oh, mate. Good times. We've been up and down. But as always, we do our best to deliver things here for you. Uh, Anybody out there, Sharks, Storm fans, anyone a fan, this is a great week, grand final week. You have to enjoy this. Regardless of whether your side's in it or not, let me tell you, this is my favourite day of the year. Grand final day. Absolutely. Absolutely outstanding. And if you see us at the Novoteller at the game... Come oh, say good day. You can't miss these heads. They're very easy to spot, but there you go. Grand final show, Paul Kent, Mark Guy, all the usual bits and pieces. We've answered your questions. We've given you our tips, any predictions, and all the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. Those betting odds are our charity bet, 1-12 to Storm, to take out the title. 
Hopefully this week goes fast for everybody. Not many sleeps left. No, no, no. It's school holidays. You can go for it. Oh, you're burning me right now. <laughs> I go back to work, unfortunately. But everybody, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.